Make a piece of America back. It's, it's called truth. It's called it's, it's called truth. 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 We the last of the ventures flow as we carry it on our shoulders. I keep my friends close to them devils a lot closer. When the freedom riders approach them, they appetizers and vultures. Soldiers of fortune and never no match for soldiers of culture. My flow is so fucking honest. You said you wanted to hear it. You lied, cause all you wanted was for me to lift up the spirits. The truth is too fucking ugly. And trust me, the shit I lay is. You touch me, you think you're tough. Leave us toothless as rugby players. The truth is too say it's disgusting. The truth saviors remove with the gang. You niggas sweeter than fruit flavors. The proof slayer. Proving it's true to the hide from. You misguided this missile, so a suicide bomber's taking orders from the mullah, waiting for karma to pull up. They don't just no match for bullets, it's rarely ratchets and bullets. Got a race in the mean, a lie like the chasing the wood, a cop car like honor and being a martyr and a terrorist. It's a rock star dodging the Abu Dhabi, you're dodging the paparazzi. Still, probably as popular as swastikas the Nazis. The cops protect the property properly when they crack a head. Murderers get as cocky as Perseus when the crack is dead. I wonder what be running through these crackers' heads. And why niggas are spilling with blood in Cincinnati cats with black and red? I take an act of fat, go back to bed. Allergic to the fumes, having a funeral for the news, cause the fact is dead. The trust is gone from the neocons to Barack Obama. America eats young from Casey Anthony to the Octomom. Wow. Fixing and mix it up like martial arts in the Octagon. I the fire to burn down Babylon. Take a piece of America back. You will only learn. It's called truth. Death by suicide bomb, Protestants, Bibles, or Quran, or Islam. From Genghis Khan to Vietnam, I can smell the napalm. Rape victims, rip stockings, redneck clan members doing church bombings. Innocent fetuses being aborted with no options. Humans, government, ruin them. Worrying what weapons could be used to be nuking them. Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. Slaves treated like property. The Pearl Harbor, the Hiroshima, the Nagasaki. Adolf Hitler to every murderous Nazi. To the Gambinos, to the Gaudis, to every mafia atrocity. Child pornography, babies starving and dying in poverty. Serbians fighting Croatians in Yugoslavia. Muslim women being Raped up to 40,000 in the war of here The 50 million killed in the Second World War The government poisoning the minds and the bodies of the babies That are born poor Airplanes blown up by Islamic extremists and religion There's always drama whether worshiping the prophet The Muhammad or Jesus More pox and Napoleons Troops dying from typhus From the Spanish flu to the Black Plague Today it's the AIDS virus Bodies in coffins Political extortions Racist mobs murdering Willie Turks Michael Griffith and Yusuf Hawkins Check the murder rate is the human nature The murder and hate The Catholic Church claimed women were witches And burn them at the stake Pedophile Predators attacking 38 Beretta used by Gandhi's assassin 16 bullets in Malcolm It happened of town Manhattan A homicide Reagan 80s epidemic A cracking soldiers in action Dying in Iraq And never coming back And now let's Take a piece of America Back You will only learn It's called truth It's called It's called truth It's called It's called It's called You will only learn It's called truth It's called It's called truth To Thud Rail Radio, call in now at 646 929 
1480. Now your host, Antichrist 73 and Encap Dalek. <laughs>
you know, and to what it would reveal to to the world that she were to report it. Um, uh, not only the fact that that she may or may not have been killed, but if she was, um, then um, the fact that I mean, it's, it's it's the perfect story, not just for you know the sort of the uh, uh, fake uh, hardball news mainstream media people um, on both sides of the aisle, but the uh, you know the CNN and the Fox News. Um, you know, but it's also like a, a an incredible like people magazine, like beyond you know like nauseating mainstream stuff. Not not that it's not all, but uh, you know, a, a beautiful, brave journalist um, um, going at it her own. I, I think that that if if it is um, if, if the fact that she worked for Press TV um, has uh, in any way um biased um the American press or the US government in the way um that they responded to her death. I think that's a fucking shame um in a country with an unemployment rate where we have where like young people are, are scrapping and clawing to, you know, do whatever they can, you know, you just work. That's it. You know, if you get a paycheck, God bless you. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's an invalid argument. Um, but it's unbelievable. I mean, the more I, I, I looked into, um, um, her background, her husband's background, um, you know, it really is just a perfect story, uh, for Dateline, People Magazine, you know, whatever. Um, All right. and, no, and nobody well, picked yeah. it up. We got our guest on. Uh, we have somebody by the name WVU, and you can also keep on going. I'm, I'm just going to bring him on. No, I, I don't think count as a guest, right? I feel like we've all known each other long enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, kind of like uh, the roommate who never leaves. <laughs> WVU, w- w- welcome to the show, and um, I'm psyched you called in, and this is the time to kind of speculate and pontificate and also kind of process what, what we all just heard because I know uh, it, I know I know we were all moved by it. Um, so what's going on tonight, brother? Dude, that was amazing. The entire the entire thing, all what four hours, three hours so far of it. Um, my thing, I think, as you guys all know me by now, um, is about following the influence and what's. It's extremely, it's extremely comforting that the family seems to have the family and researchers seem to have all the answers when it comes to some of the more nuanced questions. But when it comes to the overall influence, that's still really telling to me. Um, right, well, hold I've been, on. For, I've been before for, for our layman, and that probably includes me. What do you mean by influence? You mean cultural influence by? Um, no, it's a state actor. So state actor influence. Okay, so, state actor. Influence. I mean, honestly, I mean all political influential part. So, of influence operations, anybody who has a political agenda is an influence operator, right? So whether that's a party within a government, be it the Democrats, Republicans here in America, ISIS over there, Bashar al-Assad, Turkey, Iran, etc., etc., etc. I'm looking at this story from the perspective of who has 
who who's like who's trying to who's trying to tug at the heartstrings which way? Because that's how that's how influence operations work. Um, who's psyoping who, where, and how? I'm I'm trying to figure out the psyop angle, right? Yeah, and what's it's extremely all about the telling me. So what's extremely telling to me is that the U.S., Turkey, and Iran are all super quiet on this. In all of my career, if the U.S. tries to quiet something, the Iranians will get involved. I have Iranian influence in Black Lives Matter, bro. That's how much they get involved in our shit. And we get involved in their shit, too, during the Green Revolution. It's shocking to me that during this story, even if the U.S. government was complicit in her death, the Iranians, she's working for an Iranian news outlet. Why wouldn't the Iranians be screaming from the fucking top of the hills to say that one of their reporters died at the hands of U.S. espionage agents? Um, or if, if, if ISIS had done it, why wouldn't all of the Western powers and, all of the, and, and the Iranians and the Russians all point to ISIS as doing? And so, and so there's so I look at it that way. I try to figure out key bono, right? To whose benefit? To whose benefit does being silent make sense? So I look at who's silent and I look at who's loud. And the fact that I'm seeing everybody's silent, I try to figure out who benefits from everybody being silent because that's the way that I deconstruct propaganda. That's the way I do it in my job. That's the way I'm doing it here. And the only people that I can see right now who mutually benefit everybody involved is if she was, is if it harms the Kurds in some way. And it was, it was super interesting that somebody had said in the chat room, they didn't say it during the broadcast, but it said in the chat room that she was working with the Kurds. So I would run that angle down to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S., the U.S. doesn't have the, the U.S. loves the Kurds. We really enjoy them. They're really good allies, but they're not powerful enough to be a key player. So we only love them when it's to interest. Can, can, I, can I pause that rabbit hole a little bit more? The Iranians take the Kurds. Sorry. Can I pause that rabbit hole a little bit more? Yeah. Um, you, I mean, I, do you have questions? Go ahead. What? Well, well, I find I I I. I uh, the bombing in Ankara uh, didn't come up at all tonight, and I thought and and never know, got there. Yeah, well, a little well, out of we're talking about. No, I, absolutely, and so and this is the place to bring it up because there's obviously no direct correlation, but um, it did seem like there was uh, uh, not a connection, but the, the, the timing, just the, the sort of the escalation of, of the chaos that's kind of. Uh, um, Starting to unravel in in Turkey. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole region. There's a lot of different players going in. I mean, you're seeing that to this day, right? Like like with with, I mean, fuck. Even Cuban special forces are on the ground in Syria right now. Yep. Yeah, there Cuba are a lot of not different have players in the What's that? Oh fuck yeah. Right, Cuba <laughs> does not have special forces. Are they like gay cabana boys? Like uh, no. they do. They'll Google it. It's it's a serious thing, man. They were uh, they were in Angola for like 15 years, man. The Cuban special forces are known as having some of the best medical field units that there are. I'm not a I'm not an expert. Wow. About them, to fight them, but 
I, but the fact that the Cubans are on the ground, holy shit. Yeah, I know. There's plenty of different large political powers at play that are on the ground. Yeah. And uh, the vast majority of the stable, rational governments are all fighting against ISIS. That's all true. That's actually true. Um, but to whose benefit does being silent speak to? Particularly when you realize that in almost every instance, if the U.S. is saying something, the Iranians are going to say the opposite. And when the Iranians are saying something, the U.S. is going to say opposite. Those are, those are too super easy just to make it super simple without going into the push and pull of dynamics. I really don't want to go that far down that rabbit hole. But just on the base level, she was a U.S. national working for an Iranian press agency. And... Not an Iranian press agency, but an Iranian press agency who is an arm of the Iranian government. How is it that both their government and our government stays silent, and the Turkish government stays silent? Well, how does think... it how does it ever make sense? Because well, typically, typically, if an Iranian agent is going to die, it's to it's to their benefit to keep that quiet, and our benefit to 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 make that loud. Could that if have anything to do with died, the, the, nuclear, the nuclear deal that was, mm. that was going on at the time? That was not well, going on at that time. Well, I mean, there's premise here for it. First Dude, of all, they were, I believe, well, I mean, what, exactly, I mean, what date was it? Because I believe during that time, I've got Iranians DDoSing the largest financial institutions in the United States. Like that. No, that does not. That is, no, 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 no. International so, politics, yeah, particularly influence. Out. Influence is a little bit more of a subtle game. It does not work. It does not work. It's it's like espionage that way. Influence operations work absent of what's going on. We're all trying to influence each other's populations, regardless of what's going on in the mainstream media. Which, by the way, P.S. You all should fucking be aware of when you're getting influenced by Iranians. Literally every day, when our psyopers are not authorized to stop them from, it's true. But that's a corollary for a different fucking day. Well, first of all, she was a U.S. citizen. So that's going mm-hmm. to that's going to sour the sympathy of the Iranian government right off the bat. She was she was an employee of the Iranian government. That is yeah, going to was so exploitable to, by so many people, and nobody exploited it. And there lies the like the deepest dark both, mystery. Both the U.S. government wouldn't that be? Would that be and, more reason? I mean, more than the U.S. government the or the government. Go ahead. I mean, like, Abby Martin worked for the Russian government, and she fucking said fuck you down to it. Yeah, she worked for RT, yeah. Whatever. All I'm saying is is one government or the other ought to have motivation to have made this a big deal in one or the other's markets. Neither did, did, and I've never fucking heard of that in my career, guys, and I study this shit. Like I, I don't know, I, I should be the most credible person you guys know on this subject. I'm telling hey, you. You're up there. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. What about Gerald Bull? How come nobody made noise about that then? How come both sides were quiet on that? Okay, one I don't know. I don't know that story. Um, no, I, okay. I, I can't. I would need. I would need to go through each example that you want to bring up, and you're going to come up with several that I'm just not aware of because I get busy on other things sometimes. No, that's well, cool. Okay. Well, soldier, while you're here, let me let me ask you a question. Um, 
uh, but you know, in 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 the context of this of this whole case, um, as far as like studying when a state goes um, from a democratic society to being a totalitarian regime or a fascist um, uh, regime, um, you know, how far down the line, how towards the how far towards the end are we when when uh, you know the rights of of journalism and um, of free press um, are being as, as 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 squelched as they are right now in all over the world? That's one. I I, I guess I don't understand the question totally. I mean, if let me, there, I mean, let if me, there's progression symptoms, right? From going from a democratic society. To a, to, to a plutocracy or, or a plutofascist state or a straight-up fascist state. Um, you know, you know I just you know I just went to a conference in Monterey to speak about the future of psyop in just warfare and how to do this appropriately. You know um, I follow I follow you around, so I did that. I literally just talked about this um, to a room full of academics. Um, how far do we go in the West? In the West, it's typically for most. So there's a weird thing, right? In in Western societies, it's it's traditionally a bad idea to try to stop your population from having all the information on the table. And to that end, like, like I mean, what we want in the ideal Western society is we want informed we want informed electorates. To that end, we try not to limit the information they have access to. It's bad government policy to limit the information that your electorate has access to. It's, that's a core principle of Western democracy. Um, the problem comes when other countries, say Iranian, say Russian, say Chinese, say whomever, uh, has the ability, and it's completely within their laws, to one, not only influence their populations, but also influence ours. This does weird things to us as psyopers because we know you guys are getting influenced by Iranians, Russians, Chinese, whomever. So when I try to run, how am I supposed to counter that? Am I You could put an asterisk next to all the ones in my Twitter. No, I'm not because then <laughs> I'm influencing you guys. Am I allowed to block Iranians from accessing our activist movements? No, I'm not, because then I'm restricting your access to information. So it's very weird. It's a sticky wicket that we're still trying to figure out. You're talking um, about like the sort of implications that, that people talk about with time travel. No, I'm talking about the very real implications that are very clearly happening right the fuck now. I can give you direct examples of Iranians influencing Western activists. Oh, I, I, I can tell you that Syab. I can tell you that Syabers have their hands fucking tied. We don't even know what the right answer to how to deal with that problem is. But I feel like I feel like we're getting a little out of scope on this. We are, but and let's get back in the scope. Like in your experience in the military, I mean, I, I I don't know if you've looked at the pictures from from the and and again, this is the this is the venue to speculate and sort of uh, just spew. Um, sure. Have you looked at any, any of the uh, the accident pictures from uh, Serena's accident um, and how they cleared it and dealt with it. Um, any any uh, anything that stands out as sort of nefarious or or typical? 
I haven't. I mean, I have not looked at the pictures regarding this case. I'm not, um, and I'd be the wrong person to ask, right? I'm not a photo analyst. I'm. I, I didn't mean analyst. to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. It's fine. I, and just, I can. If, I can speak if, to if what I know about it. I can't speak to what I don't know. I'll tell you what I know. I'll tell you what I don't know. Right on. Um. So I speak to anybody the else part. on the line. Hey, Glenn, have you looked at the the pictures? Anything that stands out? Well. There are two different batches of pictures that came out at different times. Uh, There is some discrepancy if it's even the same vehicle that is shown smashed. There are pictures of two different trucks. Um, I mean, the Turkish government has changed their story three or four times. And, you know, that's, oh, here's the new story. And that's it. There's no questioning why is there a new story. You know, it's the Turkish media. They are extremely controlled. As as Fatima said, what did she say? Six out of seven media organizations in Turkey are controlled by the government. So, Can we get, is there a good timeline of this anywhere where I can get primary sources? Here's where the government said this, linked to the government statement. Here's where the government said this new thing, linked to the government's new statement. Can I have can um, I have primary sources on a timeline? That would be super yeah, fucking there, helpful. There's, uh, they, actually, there's, there's, there's a, a gentleman there's, who called in to Pups uh, and uh, Glenn's show. Uh, what's Tim. The, or, Tim, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, Tim, that. Tim's one source, but, I mean, Tim is kind of going from the family side, and, uh, you know, he's kind of working with them. But uh, there are a few good reports out there. Global Research did a decent article on it. Uh, a non-Intel group has probably got one of the best compilations of everything. Yeah. I mean, there are a few different ones, but again, the actual information that is known is so limited that it's hard really to expand. I mean, I think that's, I think that's actually a super important point. I yeah. do believe that the, that the primary sources are limited here. I see a lot of circular reporting in my cursor research. Yep. Um, I, I mean, just because this is a good thing to hit the U.S. government on doesn't necessarily mean that the U.S. government is the people to actually hit on this yet. There, yeah. are, there are other ways to go about this, and it might not stop the U.S. government to put on my conspiracy theory hat. Well, um, you, you we're know, who, who, keep Bono, who has, of all, the, of all the facts we have on the table, who has to benefit from these facts and why? MIT. MIT. I mean, like Fatima said, when she went to retrieve the remains, there were none of her belongings. None. Everything was gone. All her devices, all her work, her cameras, everything gone, missing. But yet, when the Turkish government announced her death, online they posted her passport. So tell me how that works. And, and furthermore, it's really difficult to... to well, I'm to, sure they had the passport on file. I'm pretty sure they have my passport on file. I'm not, necess- I'm not necessarily convinced that that's crazy. Well, no, I'm cons- sure they did, too. I don't think that's the point. They didn't, they well, didn't post like, a personal thing. I got a visa in Turkey. I'm pretty sure they have a photocopy of my passport. It definitely okay. went under a scanner. But, it's, okay. I mean, it's hard to even delineate the, her path from the accident to the hospital. What uh, hospital? The, the camera woman she was with, Judy, well, I mean, there were reports that she did go to a hospital, that she was taken to two 
that, that, that she and Judy were taken to do two different hospitals. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there may be, you know, there may be, there may be documentation exists that Judy did go to a hospital, but there's nothing out there that says Serena ever went to a hospital. If you're in Turkey and you get in a traffic accident and the Turkish military shows up, not the police, you think you have a problem? I don't know. I don't know Turkish law. I've been to Taksim Square. In the well, I mean, everybody. Them or who, not. Everybody. Well, I, don't I mean, don't you always go to a hospital, even if you're DOA? I mean, I mean, they in America, is in in your country and mine, yes. Elsewhere, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the military were the first people, were the closest people to the scene, and the borders and the the borders between police and military are less defined than they are here. I'm not sure that that is that, that is something that we can stick our uh, that we can stick our stake in and say that it's definitive. As in, that's a thing. You, folks, this is a stick-free zone. We are not uh, definitively uh, saying anything. We're speculating. We're no. throwing right. ideas out there. So I'm throwing the idea out there that in other countries, particularly outside of the Western Bloc and and the eastern side of Syria, it certainly falls in that zone. Um, the boundaries between who's going to respond first are mostly just who's closest to the scene. Um, if if there was a crime committed in Iraq, they would whether it's the Afghan whether it's the Iraqi police or the Iraqi army. I don't think anybody cares as long as some sort of authority tied to the government shows up, they'd be happy. Um, you extrapolate that out just a smidge. I, I'm not necessarily – I don't know because I don't know the stability of the Turkish government or the way that they delineate their hey, military guys. force and their police guys. force in the same way guys. that they do from here. Go ahead. Guys. Alex. Guess what I'm going to stick my – guess what? I'm going to stick in – I'll stick my dick in everything. Yeah. Do it. In the mashed potatoes? Maybe. In the American pie? Yeah. Well, not really pie. That's already been done, unfortunately. But not in the mashed potatoes. So I'm going to give some butter inside of it. You know, just a little bit of gravy. Lord, son, have you been drinking? A little bit. What do you got? <laughs> you know what I, I got uh, in absolute honor of pub. And Glenn, I got myself a little Canadian club. Nah, oh, no. nah, you know, whatever. Well, it's all available. The only, the only CC that I drink is that new uh, 100% rye shit. But for just the regular line, no, nah, there's better than CC. You can get Gibson's. Uh, if you want to go a little premium, there's some Wiser's 18-year-old rye that's really fucking good. But what amazes uh, me about Canadian whiskey is that even like the even like the rail shelf stuff is is pretty drinkable, as opposed to our vodka, you know, bourbon um, or whiskey. Well, bur- I didn't know that people who had no taste. pancreas could even drink alcohol. Hard alcohol okay. is distilled. It has no calories. Oh, it's got, cool. It's got, it's got conjurers, though. You know, it's the thing with hard alcohol, especially with diabetics, is that they call it ping pong. It'll either drive your blood sugar down or it'll shoot it up. 
So I know it knocks mine down, so I have it with mix, that's pop, and everything evens out, and things are just Are you being fine. serious? That's fascinating. Yeah, right, and everything. We can't, we can't get too off topic here. Um, I kind of want to know the nerd science behind that. Yeah, so do I. Like, I mean, what your metabolism, like, kind of drives the way it, uh, well, it whether it drives it up or down. Well, it just seems to be it's it's different effect in different diabetics. But I mean, not having a pancreas. Yeah, that, I want to know why. That can shoot out insulin on a constant, like the sensor is there, but there's no pedal. You know. Oh right, it's like the I thermostat mean, is busted, but the, the the unit, the main unit, is there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the body says, okay, we could use some insulin, and there's no insulin to be made. So that's you know that's if the alcohol drives it up. But if it drives it down then it's either the other side of the pancreas spits out some glucagon or you have to intake some sugar. So I know for a fact that for me, for rye and for gin and for vodka, it drives my blood sugar down. So you're telling me you live in the terrible world where every time you get drunk you have to eat a Twinkie. It sucks to be you, bro. And and not worry about it. I guess, yeah. But that's that's a pretty rare occurrence these days, so whatever. <laughs> so soldier, so so we are we are living in a world now, right, of of kind of double speak, peace talk, war talk, like kind of Yeah, I we're mean, getting really, that way, bro. You yeah. know, so what the like what the like the, you know, I mean you're you're the thing I keep hearing you talk about with, with um Serena's case is sort of so what what are the what are the circumstances? They could make all of these three diametrically opposed, um, historically opposed uh, um, entities all agree suddenly on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the in the chat room on, on Pop and Glenn show, I asked, so so isn't it the same forces that are making you know us pay people to fight Assad? Yeah. And, so like, it, everything's out the window. Like nothing makes sense anymore. My enemy. Okay. That I kind of agree with, that I'm inclined towards. Um, the the interesting thing, ah, there's there's ways where that works and there's ways where it doesn't. So the people that seem to be giving the case the biggest attention seem to be the Russians, which is interesting um, because they would have been they would definitely have been briefed in the same intelligence that anybody anything the Iranians got the Russians would have as well. So it's curious to me that they're the ones paying attention. What motivates the Russians? Again, key bono, to whose benefit? If you're always asking that question, you're doing a good job at dissecting, uh, in, at dissecting information operations. Um, so why would the U.S., the Iranians, the Turkish all, all agree to keep this quiet, but the Russians be down with talking about it? That inclines me towards those that are making us anti, not anti-Assad, but anti-ISIS-ish. Um, in fact, it actually leans me more towards the anti-Kurdish perspective. I think there's more to her working with the Kurds than we know about quite yet. And I'd like to run that angle down. So what if the, what if the, what if the bomb in Ankara was uh, an Iranian retaliation against the Kurds? I mean, the Iranians are going to bomb the Kurds any chance they get. The Turks are going to bomb the Kurds any chance they get. ISIS is going to bomb the Kurds any chance they get. Iran does, and Iraq doesn't give a fuck about the Kurds. 
But they did so, gas I mean, him in like the really, and, right? and, and Go ahead, sorry. They did gas him in 82 or something like that pretty bad. But I guess that was Saddam. Yeah, it was. Sorry, the you got to clarify again? Sorry, I missed it. Oh, I was just saying that the Baths, the Iraqis, that they're they're no longer relevant, I guess. Um, well, they, yeah. They, no, that, they, was, that, that was the Sunni government of Hussein who gassed the Kurds. Yeah, that, yeah, was, was. that won't happen but the Shia, But the Shia government doesn't give any more fucks than the Sunni government did. That's true. With weapons that Donald uh, Rumsfeld sold uh, Papa Saddam. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. That one, that's, that's a completely different discussion, and we can have it on a different day. <laughs> yes. This is rabbit hole show. What a piece of work, man. Uh, that is another story for another day. Um, so, I mean, so the fact that, like, you know, all of these three entities that, that you know, are, are historically sort of juxtaposition towards each other and uh, would would revel in another's uh, in anything that could make the other one look bad, um, but it hasn't uh, elicited that reaction. What does that tell you? That tells me like that there is some overriding benefit to all the parties on the table. When two parties, it's again when the Democrats. When the Democrats are down, the Republicans are reveling, and vice versa, right? I mean, Glenn, you made that exact point earlier today. Right. And when the Republicans are down, the Democrats are reveling. Like, you made the point that had this been under a different administration, the other administration, the other party would be, would be reveling about it. Yeah. You made that point. And I made a comment in chat, just kind of jokingly, that Trump would do it, probably. Um, but that's not joking. So I want you to take that exact same point you made and extrapolate to the international stage. When the U.S. is down, Iran is reveling. When Iran is down, the U.S. is reveling. In this case, both are fucking quiet. So why? Why? That's where you start asking questions that start getting you answers. If you start focusing on the nuances of how she died, listen, we don't have good enough details yet. I can't tell you... Who the fuck killed her? I understand that she had said something about the about the um, about the Turkish intelligence. But listen, if I were Iranian intelligence trying to kill her, if I were ISIS intelligence, if I were the U.S. intelligence, if I were Israeli intelligence trying to kill her, and then I heard her literally go on and say, "Turkish intelligence is trying to kill me." I would kill her right the fuck then. Why? Because then everybody would point fingers at Turkish intelligence. Because it just that's what the that's what the media does. That's what we're doing. So don't fall into that trap. There is not good evidence that the Turkish government actually killed her. We yeah, don't but know that yet. We don't def- know that yet. There's a it's, definite it's hypothetical, and it's there's good evidence that maybe they did. So it, so we're inclined to believe that, but we shouldn't we shouldn't fall on our swords on the idea. Turkish government definitely did it because there are still plenty of options on the table based on who is being absolutely quiet right now. Look at the influence. Look at the psyop. Well, you have All to start. You have you have to start with who carried out the deed. Negative, because you don't have enough evidence on who carries out the deed. What you want to start from. Is who's benefiting from who's benefiting from the deed? 
or who start paid to be influenced and move backwards from there. I'm telling you, everything these days is hearts and minds. Start with influence and move backwards. Well, the goal of removing her. The goal of removing anybody killed anybody. I'll make it look like the fucking Chinese assassinated you if it fucking mattered, bro. It doesn't matter. That is not. Don't go with. Don't go with what the fucking media is telling you. Go with who benefits. And I, I love that way you can keep it on And and just while we're we're like forty five minutes in, let me just remind everybody that the, the point of this evening was uh, to raise awareness about Serena Shim, um, a journalist who was working for Press TV, um, and was killed um, just uh, less than. 18 hours after um, expressing fear for her life, after witnessing what may have been um, the transportation of either and or troops and um, of uh, uh, questionable rebel or ISIL forces um, and, and less than 18 hours was dead in a, a sort of a weird car accident. Um, and, and that's what we're raising awareness about. This is the end of a marathon that has uh, talked about a lot of important things, and, and we're just kind of uh, wrapping it up and going down the rabbit hole. So, uh, soldier, as you were. <laughs> well, I mean, he's gone. He's dead. Like, he just fucking got 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Or actually, just his phone died. But still, we're just going to go with that narrative. He dropped? Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll phone probably back. be back. Well, I'm I mean, reconnecting. I'm reconnecting I mean, every two minutes, so he'll probably be back. I mean, the so whole thing—the whole thing is, all her evidence disappeared. So that's enough for me that there's something fucking wrong here. Well, yeah, and, I mean, and I, who I, did that was the Turkish military. And MIT, the Turkish intelligence. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's who you start leaning on. And it obviously isn't going to come from inside because it's too fucking controlled. So, it has to come from outside. Just like it did at Taksim. Just like it did at Gazi. The same thing. Shit was breaking loose there. And it didn't matter until the rest of the world started bringing it up. Just like Egypt, the same fucking thing. So that's the way this is going to have to go down too. Well, I mean, let I mean, let us all remember, like where where you know, a lot of a lot of people really started to question, um, you know, sort of all of this contemporary Middle East policy that started with nine eleven and the Patriot Act um, was. Uh, Collateral murder. One, you know, one of the first WikiLeaks uh, um, uh, publications, and really the thing that uh, Chelsea Manning went to jail for, and and that was the murder of a Reuters um, uh, journalist out there fucking working the beat, um, like a good like a, a a good old school journalist with his driver and uh, U.S. choppers you know, beamed in on him and um, they knew that he was not an insurgent and they shot anyway. So, I mean, so here we are, you know, all these years later, it's kind of back to square one as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, 
Daniel Weinstein, or I think his name was Daniel Pearl, excuse me, Daniel Pearl, um, was beheaded um, with, with definitely uh, uh, political implications surrounding it and, and the furtherment of, uh, of agendas. Um, who's, who's to say? Um, the Foley um, was mentioned in, in the previous show. Um, 128 journalists have been killed uh, worldwide and in 2014, the numbers up in 2015. Um, you know, so uh, what this represents and, and the sweeping under, uh, whether, regardless of how Serena Shim was killed, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, a woman like that deserves, uh, you know, a hero's, um, a hero's salute. Uh, uh, for putting in the good fight, and she was a, a seemed like a journalist, journalist to me, um, an on the boots type of person, and uh, you know, so that alone is is the biggest thing that says, boy, there is something really wrong here. Um, that lack of acknowledgement, um, right? I mean, you talk about sort of the uh, example of of American exceptionalism, um, somebody who put their biases and and their intolerance aside, and uh, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, blue-collar, um, went out and was getting the world. Um, you know, what a, what a more perfect story than that. Like, you know, if I was a news producer, I mean, I could spin that like fucking gold, and there's nothing, nothing. Um, you know, you, you, you Google that, you deep web it, whatever, you get the same nine stories over and over and over again. Uh, it's amazing, um, you, you know. So, uh, so here we are, sort of. As I was asking Soldier earlier, you know, uh, what are what are the stages, sort of the, the symptomatic stages towards uh, being, you know, towards being dead uh, or being uh, under the thumb of a completely totalitarian or fascist um, state? You know, I think the death of uh, free press is. Uh, you know, that's kind of like uh, your skin starts to really, like, sag and yellow and your nails and, and hair fall out. Like, you're getting close um, to the end. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to examine that. And it, it happens globally. It happens on different uh, uh, form here um, in the United States. I think it, 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 it's definitely connected to, you know, filming the police. Um, thoughts? I was just looking at the chat, and WVU is, you know, he's saying, well, you know, when you brought up the case of the the Apache attack in uh, in Baghdad that killed that Reuters journalist, you know, WVU is saying, well, they killed a journalist, but there's no way they could have known. Well. Okay, what about what just happened in Kunduz? I mean, isn't it kind of the same thing? Well, no, we weren't aiming at it. Well, we didn't know it why, was there. And, uh, why I you wish know. you hadn't hung up because, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, soldier, but aren't the rule of engagement, like, it, it, unless you're sure, you don't engage? I mean, there was clearly some chicanery going on on that, on that, on that radio line between... Well, 
I, I got a lot of credit for Médecins Sans Frontières so far because they are not being quiet. They are pushing the Afghan government. They're pushing anybody they can to tell the truth. And Did you hear that the U.S. rolled a tank in, into that hospital the other day? Glenn? No, I didn't. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's become fact now, known fact, that everybody knew the coordinates for that hospital. Well in advance, more than Dude, once. They update them like every fucking 45 minutes on their website, you know. Okay, here's WVU again. Sweet. Hey, guys. Um, as far as Kunduz goes, updating every 45 minutes, one, it's not like hospital locations change every 45 minutes. So I'm sure that those were perma. I'm sure that those were perma put into the grid. Yep. I've looked at I've looked at those systems. I, I know how those work. Those are the same systems that we had in our Humvees. Um, yep. Yeah, no, the the hospital's marked on the map. Um, the exact technical situation that happened there, I can't speak to because I don't know. I do want to wait for the investigation to come out. It's unacceptable. I think we all agree. It's fucking unacceptable. Um, yeah, no, it shouldn't have happened. How it happened, I don't fucking know. I don't know if ODA dropped a flare and it was a stripped-down ODA chopper that dropped a Hellfire on it or a JDAM on it. I don't know because I don't have the data. I'm going to wait for the data to come out and then I'll make an assessment. I, I just, I, there's just not enough data yet. Um, would the U.S. military ever intentionally drop munitions on a hospital? No. I've, I mean, I've... I've been in circumstances where they refuse to drop munitions on definite violent mosques, and they refuse to in pretty serious situations. So I very much doubt that the military intentionally dropped it on a hospital unless they, one, absolutely had to, or two, legitimately didn't know. So one of those two is necessarily true in my mind. Which one it is is probably legitimately didn't know how the fuck that happened is something that I really want investigated and I really want an answer to as well. That's okay, where I sit. Okay, I've got a question. Um, sure. If it comes out that these were JDAMs, if they were GPS guided, what's the chance they were tampered with? Zero, pretty much. Okay, all right. I mean, uh-huh. you better you, so what, you better so be looking at the, you better be looking at an international war with Iran or China before we start talking about tampering JDAMs. So, oh, I'm just, mean, so then just thinking the if somebody fucked them up. They, what? So I mean, if they couldn't be tampered with, they can't be hacked. So what's the chances that they were wrong? I mean, those that what, like she, you said, the hospital doesn't wrong? move every week. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a munitions guidance expert. I don't claim to be a munitions guidance expert at all. So I don't know if I don't know if it takes like three programmers who are all cross-checking each other's work in order to make uh, to make one of those coordinates go into one of those things. I don't know, man. Um, Could could somebody could somebody fat finger a digit and accidentally hit a hospital? I don't know. I don't know if it's one dude who fat fingers a digit or three dudes who all cross check each other's work. That would be the worst fat finger ever. Yeah, but I I don't know what goes into a J. I tell you what, I, I I actually can tell you that I have been in a situation where 2008. A special forces were out. This is just how it happened to me. 
I was literally asleep. And then my door was kicked in by some fucking private. And he was like, stop, we need you. And we're like, fuck, why, private? And the answer was, Special Forces accidentally jammed the wrong building. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? And the way it happened, seriously, was the... Um, the So it was a laser point of munition. I'm not going to go into specifics, because like, why they were there doesn't matter, or where they were doesn't matter for the story. But they had pointed a... So there was a dude with a laser, and he was pointing the laser at the building. And that individual dude got confused, I guess. I don't know. Um, And he pointed at the wrong building, and that laser where it was pointing guided the munition. And the JDAM fall on the house, fell on the house next to the house they were trying to hit. And so I had a riot on my hand, and riots are psyop problems, so I had to go deal with it. So thank riot, you, Special Forces. But it happened. So, are you and, saying, uh, so you're saying an FAC fucked up is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. So that happened. Um, so I'm familiar with this type of fuck-up. I don't know exactly how it happened in the circumstance it conduced. I, if I had a specialized knowledge here, I'd let you guys know. Or I tell you it's classified. I'm sorry. Wait for the investigation. Either way, I'm waiting for the fucking investigation. And I want to make sure that whatever checks and balances are currently in place, we strengthen them so this never fucking happens again. I don't think anybody anywhere with the NATO, the U.S., anywhere wanted to hit a hospital. I think it was a gigantic yeah. fuck up. And I want to make sure that it never fucking happens again. So I just want to make sure that the investigation is robust but I do want to wait for the investigation before I crucify anybody. That's not, I mean, that's that is reasonable. I think that's yeah. I think that's a pretty a pretty pragmatic approach. Also, um, we got somebody who wants to be onto the show. Um, this is the uh, now host of Revolution Radio. Um, he is a very wonderful man. He is the dog himself, Horno <laughs> Papa. Hey guys. Oh, sorry. It took me so long to call in. I needed to go fucking smoke half a pack of cigarettes and mellow the fuck out because I was fucking worked up. Dude, I was doing exactly the same thing when my phone died. That was a a profound show and um, an extremely well executed uh, Revolution Radio Marathon. Absolutely, yeah. completely agreed. Yeah, from from beginning to end, Chin did a great job. Um, Smoker and Jabab's guest was uh, outstanding. Uh, your show was was compelling, and we're rounding it out here with a little a little a little speculation, a little tinfoil. Um, a lot of love for uh, Selena's family. Um, Absolutely, and, uh, and welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thank you. Uh just so you know, uh we um somebody got us the uh Twitter account for the reporter that called in there and uh Reb tweeted it out. I retweeted it. Um that chick was like Fatima was good, Tim was good. Um the reporter best friend was uh outstanding. Like I'm telling you, man, Arab chicks. There's a reason why the Arab dudes keep those chicks under wrap. You get that Arab sitting <laughs> at a chick, holy shit. You can't say no to those bitches. 
You know what? Lying. I will say that they're really lying, fucking soldier. kinky. They're really fucking kinky. Oh, wait. Kinky. Hold on. This is being recorded for posterity. Listen, I love all people. We we yeah. we have uh, we we have we all have a few mutual friends who have uh, Arab uh, partners or wives on here, and uh, they run shit. Oh no, dude! Arab women are great. They absolutely yeah. are. When you can when you can get them, particularly like I'm not like the cult cultural cultural like anybody who's like Arab females there, when you can actually get them to speak their opinion and be passionate, like that one just did. Just as as a people, as a general culture, if I can, it's not it's not culture, but just speaking about the culture writ large, they're really good at it. That's that was a good example of it, and a particularly well articulated example. Well, I love I, just, I love that about them. I love that about both the males and the females. It's just, it's a particularly interesting. They the culture itself is much more passionate than ours is. That's because it's a real culture. <laughs> Well, and it, it, it's 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 another it, thing that makes the suppression of like the Arab woman so much more well, crazy. I just, I just like to throw in that uh, I was warned. I was warned Farah would be like that because <laughs> you got you got to remember, like she said, she's not a field reporter. She she sits at a desk. She hosts a daily show on Lebanese television. So wow. you, you know. That you know she can carry, you know that. So I mean, yeah. I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised. It was it was a very good bonus. Uh, we found out why the Skype didn't work. <clears throat> I won't say anything further, but it's too bad we lost that fifteen minutes. It probably would have helped, but I still think it was one hell of a show. No, I feel like I actually feel like that was the rubber amount of time. There was a little bit of dead time. Like in the middle there, that's actually when I called in. And was like, all right, if we're gonna move into theory time, I'll help well, fill it. I'll help fill the air. That's because and we had it, we had connection problems from the very start of the show. That's why we ran into that lull. People couldn't get on. Yeah, yeah, dude. I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame governments. I would blame. I would blame latency. Don't look at when you're t- just. By the way, as somebody who has contacted people overseas and has somebody who's been overseas trying to contact America. Don't look at bandwidth. Look at latency. But that, that wasn't latency the issue. latency is above several milliseconds. You end up. You end up <clears throat> it was a it was a coding coding error. Yeah. So that's. Uh, mm-hmm. Elucidate on that. Elucidate on that. The difference <laughs> between like between latency and bandwidth there. Uh oh. What's that? Elucidate what? on that a little bit. The, the difference between uh, bandwidth lag and and uh, latency. No, well, we got okay. off on that one. So, uh, if you want to go into this, it's get well, technical. Just, you but know, you guys, yeah, you guys are all, you guys are all capable of knowing this. So, uh, so frequently when you're overseas in the Middle East, um, you're bouncing off a satellite connection. So, for instance, I've had I've I've had an Xbox. I'm privileged enough to have had an Xbox tied to a satellite connection with a 10 meg pipe out. Right, plenty enough to play Call of Duty when I'm 20 years old overseas. Um, sadly, latency was the issue. And I found this out actually trying to use that to call home as well. Um, a latency over a couple... A latency is how much time it takes for a signal to get from point A to point B. Um, so if I've got a fiber optic connection, the latency is going to be several several milliseconds or whatever. But 
if my signal is going up to a satellite and then back down to the Earth, it's necessarily it doesn't matter if I've got a if I've got a 56k pipe or a two terabyte pipe. Like it still takes a necessary amount of time because that's how physics works for the sh- for the microwaves to get from my satellite dish up to the satellite and then back down to the receiver and then brew pipes in America or whatever Western country to wherever the fuck you are hearing my message. Um, so that's latency. Latency is how long does it take to get from point A to point B. Uh, bandwidth is how much can I send. Does that make Hold sense? On. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, 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 and I had a follow-up tech question for you, but uh, then I saw something shiny. Um, Glenn says that uh, anti-crisis saves the scandal. He either means me or uh, Dalek, and what I want to know is what scandal. Because it's hard for Dalek and I to stay out of a scandal. I love a scandal. What scandal? I love scandal. I'm the same guy you are. What are we talking about there? I don't know. Glenn, what scandal are we talking about? The Skype scandal. What did it... Oh, did it... What, what was it just coded wrong in the site? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. No scandal there. God damn it. Oh, wow. No, I'm just being a dick towards uh, towards our grandfather of the group. That's all. Grandpapa. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, in preparation for the show, Glenn, and if, if, uh, if Pup isn't smoking, um, uh, did you guys get to interact with uh, um, Fatima um, or Judy at all? Yeah, I did. Uh, actually, um, I don't know. I guess I should tell the story. Um, early early this year, I was approached by a few people on the Internet and asked if I would do a show on Serena. And I had barely heard about it. And then, you know, it's like, okay, look at this, look at this. So I looked at the stuff and I said, well, yeah, this is definitely worth a show, but it's it's not a Wednesday show. It doesn't have anything to do with Canadian politics, so I can't run it on Wednesday. I just, it doesn't make any sense because it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. So I approached Pop and I said, are you interested in doing this? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. So, first I had to sell it to the family, because all of a sudden it was somebody they didn't know. And I said, no, 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 no worries, no worries. And But I, part of the deal was I still had to be there. So, fine. But it took a long time to get everybody in the frame of mind to do it. I was actually very surprised that they chose this week because of the importance of October 10th and October 19th. But that told me something. That told me that they were ready to fight. You know? They weren't, they weren't, they weren't keeping to themselves for this important span in their lives. This is when they wanted to go on the offensive. Yeah, and so, I think you make a good point, because, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I've seen the five same articles, um, except you know, in the last week or so, there have been a couple more because the one-year anniversary of her death is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, it's a, I think it's a, a sort of a candid, passionate nature. Uh, uh, it, I think that is a perfect uh, open platform to, for them to sort of launch this uh, um, awareness uh, campaign um, for Serena. Um, because if nothing else, right, like here we can talk about, you know, what did she see, you know, what are the implications and so on. But bottom line is recognition for an American who was killed doing her job, um, a job that has to be done. Um, it's scary as fuck. She did it, um, uh, you know, with, with bravery uh, and no nonsense. And so, I mean, that's the bottom line. And I think the family felt really comfortable with you and Pop sort of expressing that. Well, I mean, that was made clear through the show, too. I mean, Judith said it in chat. Fatima said it on the air. You know, Absolutely. I mean, she, her and her cousin, who was her driver and her camera person, when she had one, we're going to go do a piece. Let's go. And that's it. They would go. There was no telling the Bureau, there was no any of that shit. They were basically freelance with organization ID, is what they were. Right, with creds. With, well, no, with affiliated creds. Not, yeah, right. not, not freelance creds, but organizational creds. And right. that's, that's the way she operated, and that's how she liked it. And I'm sure it was that method that got her to the position and the time and the place where she could gather the evidence that is now gone, you know? It, so so in, in everybody's opinion who's uh, on the line and, and with no problem taking buried, what the fuck is ISIL? The creation of the CIA. Yeah. Who the fuck is, is Abu al-Bakr, al at the School of the Americas, Western... Am I in here? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Western, Western educated, PhD, smart, Kaiser Sose like, never seen. What is? Abu Bakr Al Baghdadi. You guys want the history? I can tell you. Drop it. Oh, right, he's known. Okay. Abu Bakr Al Baghdadi uh, took over Al Qaeda in Iraq in 2010. Um, I was there when it happened. Uh, at that point, he was straight up pretty much unknown to all of us. We were really scraping around trying to figure out who the but fuck he was. But he went was to the School of the are. Americas. How could he have been unknown? Yeah, well, at that point, at that point we, didn't know, we didn't know anything about him. We didn't have pictures of him, all right? That's that's what it was like in 2010. We didn't fucking know. He, he took over he to from another al-Baghdadi. We didn't actually know that he was. We didn't actually know that he was a real person in 2010. There was a lot of speculation that he wasn't a real person. That's how fucking in the dark we were. Um, so one, understand that there are humans in the middle of this. That we don't necessarily have all the information all the time. Um, that's where we were at back in 2010. Yeah, now he's out and we have pictures, and you're like, how the fuck didn't you know? Well, fuck, <laughs> I had to deal with you. I mean, that's that's like you know, once the doc somebody comes out, you're like, oh yeah, now I see it. But Jesus, try to be in there when you're trying to fucking collect the docs. It's actually pretty difficult to make sure you get the right dude. Um, it's but, actually but how can you very similar to School of Americas and disappear from the intelligence apparatus? What well, do you yeah. think? You think intelligence apparatus is actually collecting everybody into the School of the Americas back then? I don't know that that's true. Yeah, you no. got to have you got to have a name I to do search know, for a history. 
Well, his name isn't Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. That's not his real name. You get it known as having a joint. I think his name is Al Goldstein. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) And he worked for Mossad. No, so... uh, so the, I mean, the origins of the origins of Al Qaeda in Iraq go back to the U.S. invasion. Uh, fuck! Wow, I'm blanking on who that dude who got uh, waterboarded was. I apologize. I really should know his name. Um, um, Alawaki. No, 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 no. He didn't get waterboarded. He got jammed. He was the American from New Jersey, the chief propagandist. I kind of wanted to meet him one day. Um, no, wow, he was different. Cool. What's that? No, the we're talking about. Uh, sorry, I'm mixing up. I'm. I've got a hundred names in my head as to who he could be. Um. Anyway, whoever was in charge of uh, of Al Qaeda in Iraq, he got caught and captured by U.S. Went to went to uh, went went down to Gitmo, and he got himself waterboarded an absurd amount of times. It, by the way, too much as far as I'm concerned. Um. And then Jesse. the. Uh, what's that? I just fucking you can Google him. Um, I, I said sexy. The, that's all. Okay. And then the uh, that's then another then another Al Baghdadi took over, and he lasted a couple years. He got he got a help And then we had a new Al Baghdadi who showed up in 2010 to take over Al Qaeda in Iraq. At that point, I'm telling you, I was fucking there. We were watching a split happen on the uh, Al Fallujah forums, the same shit that Jester was monitoring, which is literally, by the way, the only reason I know fucking any of you, was because I was in Baghdad monitoring that that traffic, and I was trying to figure out why the fuck my forums kept going down. But I was watching the jihadists, and they were bitching amongst themselves, the Al-Qaeda types. So there's different types of jihadists, but specifically the Al-Qaeda types were having a little fight within themselves as to as to kind of which way to go about it. Some of them were like, hey, listen, anybody who doesn't believe our way are uh, are either apostates or apostates being uh, believers who have rejected the religion or the kufr, which are non-believers anyway, uh, in which case they're all valid targets. We can go ahead and fucking kill them all. And the other side was like, hey, listen, we're really doing a bad job for the al-Qaeda image every time we go ahead and blow up one of these suicide bombs in the middle of the market. Let's tone down our suicide bombs in the middle market and focus more on the invader, i.e. me, the American. Um, there was a split that happened. Uh, one, two, skip a few, fast forward a couple of years. I'm out of country, so I don't get to see all this exactly the same way that it happened, but I can intuit. Uh, that split broadened. Al-Qaeda Central was like, hey, listen, we're going to stop with the fucking bombing of other Muslims. And ISIS, being the more extremist of the two, was like, hey, listen, we're going to keep the bombing of anybody that isn't us. Oh, and by the way, we're going to use this super cool new thing called social media. We're going to take we're going to take um, the dude whose name you just said. uh, And we're going to we're going to run down this populist idea. And that's how you end up with at least the ISIS media that you see today, more or less. That's a super condensed version. Again, that's that's this is a book that I just condensed down into a couple sentences. Yes, yeah, so no, you, you and you did a good job of it. A uh, couple couple questions. Uh, did you know Trick from Team Poison? And, trick. And, yeah, I knew Trick. I knew Trick before Trick was Trick. 
And did I, I he, sorry, and, I and, and was tricked. And did he get, don't drone me, bro? What's that? I heard he got droned. Yeah, he did get droned. Ain't that a bitch? Um, yeah. Next question, like Sadder City, like Al Sadder, what's going on there, like in in, uh, Fallujah, like in Iraq? Like what the fuck is going on in Iraq? First off, Sadder City and Fallujah are two separate things. It might as well be two separate wars. Yep. Um, Right. They're two separate battles. Jesus. Um, That's that's way out of scope. We can it go is, in it. it. I'm just asking, like, what's going on in Iraq? Like, what's going on in Libya? In Libya? Like, our media just focus, like, laser points on on these little uh, pockets of the Middle East, and then, you know, everybody if, forgets the rest. Is, if we do a whole show on this, we could probably do it. Libya um, is the new Nicaragua. That's what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't have so I don't have good info on Libya. I was never there. I don't know the dynamics of that country, and it's so far removed from places I do know a lot about that I really don't feel comfortable trying to be intelligent on it because I just don't know. Right? I can be intelligent on on like Jordan, even though I was never there. I can speak to it a little bit. I can be super intelligent on on the population on the Syrian-Iraqi border and on the Iraqi-Iranian uh, border, and on the Iraqi-Turkish border, because I've fucking been there. Like, I get the way that works. Um, but I don't want to speak to Libya just because I don't fucking know. And it'd be unfair. I'd, I would do an unfair job trying to paint that picture. I don't think a lot of people know. I think it unraveled so quickly. Um, you know, Muammar Gaddafi, whatever you thought about him was... Uh, in, in pretty well control of that country before uh, the Arab Spring and the meddling of uh, our uh, central intelligence uh, agency. See, what drives me, drives me crazy about you activists, bro. Uh, whoa, 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 what drives me crazy whoa, whoa, about you whoa, activists whoa, whoa, whoa. is everybody whoa. goes... Not, uh, sorry, I don't mean... Uh, I realize... I'm, 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 I'm like Willy Wonka. Let, let me go this way. I'm what like Willy me, Wonka, okay? I'm not me, an activist. Let me go with that. Okay, not not you, not you specifically, but what drives me crazy about the activist community writ large is they're down with little short-term gains that are long-term losses. And then when everybody who sees the long-term losses are like, hey, man, let me explain to you what the long-term losses are, they scream psyop, and I'm like, yo, listen, seriously – and then three years come to pass, and I'm like, nigga, I told you. And everyone's like, oh, fucking sigh up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still sigh I up. I fucking told you, bro. Of, of Libya, right? Like, Libya was really challenging the gold standard for oil, weren't they? Wasn't Muammar Gaddafi? I mean, I don't, I mean hey, no, no. The issue you was. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually sympathetic to that idea. There is, there are good, there are good arguments out there that I can't, that I haven't yet discounted. Um, I'm looking for ways to do it, and if there are ways, I'll, I'll present them. Um, Glenn, you have the floor. There is, there's you, actually super I mean, interesting. Momoar Gaddafi was challenging the gold standard. He was, he not had, the gold standard, not no, the gold no. standard, the petrodollar standard is what you're talking about. Petrodollar, right. Yeah. He had, he That's had, the word, that's the terminology you're looking for. Yeah, he, uh, right. That is true. That is true. I don't think, I don't think that the, I don't think that the Arab Spring 
was a CIA effort to spontaneously overthrow everybody that violated the petrodollar, particularly because of where it started and where it propagated. I doubt that's true. And I want to get Glenn's feet on this, too. On. What do you think about uh, um, General uh, uh, the fuck, Wesley Clark, his, mm-hmm. um, his talk about 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 sort of the APAC um, uh, neocon plan, century for the new America to take down the Middle East, and although the timeline got fucked up, it still seems to fit pretty well. Like it's kind of like uh, you yeah, know. That's the basis the- I work off of. I'm on the same page with you on this one. Well, I mean, okay. the whole background of those countries on that list that came from the mouth of General Clark, is that at that time, none of them had a Rothschild-controlled central bank. And not only did Libya have an independent central bank, but the issue with Qaddafi is he was trying to set up a pan-African currency based on gold. I think you're right. That's what pissed the IMF off. That's what pissed the IBS off. You know, it's like, no, no, wait a minute. There's a lot of fucking oil in Africa. Hang on. Right, and that's where I got my terminology fucked up. I knew he was doing something to fuck with, with, with how oil was was relative to the gold and and yep. not just not just the currency, not just the dinar, but uh, the whole sort of kit and caboodle. Well, oh, and he's and he stayed in the tent, you know. Like well, especially UN. Especially since I think the majority of gold being produced in the world today is produced in Africa. And hey, with Glenn, you know I would disagree with you if I had a leg to stand on. I, by the way, I do not. I do not on this point. I think I think that that there's there's a lot of fucking room for this to be true. Mm-hmm. I think I think it needs to be a paradigm that we all ought to at least consider when we're thinking about the way the world works. That and most it would, people well, look at bricks. Well, I mean, look at like look at bricks is is really yeah. It's really is really stirring a lot of this Middle Eastern pot, you know, from a fiduciary standpoint. Um, and, and another thing about Muammar, um, like the way he died, man, that was trifling, man. They like well, it would have been no I mean, different for Saddam, except they made sure they got him in time to make a spectacle out of him. That was the well, problem with Gaddafi. The, which one got the I mean, both, were spe- both were spectacles. That's not fair. Well, yeah, yeah but one I mean, got, one with the state well, who got spectacle. the knife stuck in his butt? That's all I wanted to know. I was Gaddafi. like, damn. Gaddafi. Damn. They stuck a knife in his butt. That's fucked up. And then they just dropped uh, Momar right from the, the, the gallows, just like, blump, or uh, Saddam. 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 Yeah. I'm Bill. not sure it is. I'm not sure. Regardless of, regardless of whether that paradigm is true or not, whether we use the petrodollar as the basis for overthrowing or not, um, I don't think it's going to turn out. Even if that's true, I don't think it's going to be turn. It's going to turn out to be a good idea for the petrodollar advocates in the long term to support this policy because of the consistent amount of destabilization. This is, if this is their architecture, and by the way, I'm, I'm willing to concede the fact that it might be. Um, if it is their architecture, it is consistently shot them in the fucking face 
And China has come in and scooped up as a result. Look at who owns the vast majority of the oil fields in Iraq. Look at who owns the vast majority of rare earth elements in in uh, in Africa. Tends yeah. to be China. It's actually yeah. super oh, interesting. That's what's going staggering. on. Especially so rare if, earth so, elements. It's staggering. So even if right. So even if we want to believe that petrodollar advocates are are the cause here and. Again, I, I can see that might be true. I think they're going to reconsider their policy, particularly after the Arab Spring. I don't think that's a good way going forward from their position or our collective position. If everybody in this room is for like human rights and like political self-determination, which I think we all in this room are, right? I, I know you are. I think we're all on the same page as far as this goes. Absolutely. Well, I, I would think just like to add cactus. Very good. Oh. Yes. Oh. We we can never have enough cactus. Yes. What about the Spratly Island? Soldier. You're gonna have to color me in on that one. I don't know. What? The Spratly Islands are this uh are are these uh it's an archipelago of um, of tropical uh, reef islands um, out in the South Pacific uh, that, that uh, something like 18 different nations claim uh, ownership to. The only real legitimate ones being China, Japan, the United States, and uh, Indonesia. Um, and may, uh, they ha- may, I, may, I, may I very happily state this is one of the few international disputes that I have zero dog in. I don't know. I'm the wrong okay. person to talk to about it. My my just my focus is elsewhere. I don't know dick about it. And I'm, that should make it even all more fun honesty, to speak about. In all honesty, I'm super happy that I don't know dick about it. Because <laughs> exactly. Well, you, I mean, you guys I'm kind of focused on so many other things right now. That one's not mine. You guys have to compartmentalize. You want to talk about it? Yeah, the Spratly. I mean, I'm willing to. I'm willing to hear about it, but I just well, uh, the, I just don't Sprat- have anything intelligent Sprat- to say. The Spratlys are the last underneath the Spratly Islands. They're, I mean, it's, on Fox News or something, you you may hear them described as the uh, the islands that the, the Chinese are artificially making larger. Um, hey, well, hey, let me let me think. I, I I know vaguely about it, but hey, let me go with this. You guys, go, go. you guys all know, like in generality, like the way I explain, the way I explain hacking to non-hackers, to like business people, is that hackers, so like your traditional coder, your traditional coder, is a mile deep and an inch wide. He is the fucking boss of C plus plus, or the boss of Java, or the boss of whatever his fucking domain of experience is. Hackers in general tend to be. Um, an inch deep and a mile wide. They know a lot about a little bit. So, for instance, in the weird world where I would ever hypothetically, I've never done this before, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, need to know anything about a subject, I may not necessarily have the experience, but I know that it exists, so then I call somebody. Right, like that's how that's how sort of hacking works. Like I may not be the best social engineer, I may not be the best fucking Java zero day coder out there. I like like I, I we all have our specific specialties and that's Well that's how world. contracting works. 
I mean, when whether you're building a contract, building, I want right? to just just as far as this whole this whole thing we're talking about goes. You guys know what I'm a specific subject matter expert at. You guys can be you guys can be a uh, you guys can be a mile wide and inch deep on this, whereas I'm an inch deep on mile wide on psyop in the Middle East. Those are the whichever, whichever the one is that uh, knows very little about a lot. That's me. If that's a if that's a mile wide and an inch deep, that's me. If that's an inch deep and a mile wide, that's me. But, a jack uh, of all trades. A jack of all trades, as it used to be said. Except co- except cooking. Nobody knows more about cooking than I do. Right. I would consider a general skills hacker, like a guy a guy who knows how to diversify himself on the internet. That's the good thing. It's it's a value add in our community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want people who are a mile wide and an inch deep. You also want people who are an inch deep and a mile wide. Well, it takes one to instigate the other and, uh, you know, sort of uh, burn conversation, I think, to get one, you know, one going about the other. Um, and I'd like to needs, welcome... needs knowledge of the big picture. And then once you see the big picture, you can zero in on specific topics and then call on the experts on those topics. I th- I, and I think what you describe actually uh, sort of describes a problem in in our, our science uh, world today, um, and that and medicine, biological and physical sciences that people get so uh, myop- myopic and tunnel visioned into one thing that uh, they can't see the correlation. Somebody say dick picture. Well, so I'm 18 inches wide inside your butthole, and every single hole, I don't really give a shit. And, and, and I did let me want take to it the, the Let me take it the opposite way. You guys are all going to love this. So I was just I was just speaking at a conference in Monterey about PSYOP on the Internet and how, how influence on the Internet works. Um, and during that, I was speaking to a philosophy professor who is presenting to her class Gamergate subjects. And so I said, "Do you have any idea who Teradax is?" She goes, "Yeah, I know, I know, I know about him." What? <laughs> and I said, I said "Okay, yeah, you, so you know about Gamergate? You know who Teradax is? Good." Um, that, but just, you know, I, that just means she knows about Gamergate. Said, you know, he's kind of a big deal when it comes to the Gamergate thing, right? She's like, "Yeah." I go, "What do you think his influence for doing things was?" And she like went on a whole, she went on a whole ph- philosophy tangent on it. She was an inch deep. And so I was like, hey, you just want to fucking talk to him? So I so I, so I made the connection. It's like, hey, you're, you're philosopher who's theorizing about how Gamergate works? Meet Teradax. Like, quit theorizing about who this fucking nigger is. Go talk to him. You guys, you guys don't actually have to be that way. And in that way, in that way things are important, right? One of the good things that our community does is we have a lot of people who are very specific, right? I'm a very I'm a very specific guy. If you want to talk about PSYOP, fucking call me. If you want to talk about Middle Eastern affairs, I'm a good guy to call. Other things I may know a lot about, I may know nothing about. So I'm an inch deep in some ways. Um sorry, so I'm a so I'm a sorry, I'm a I'm a I'm an inch wide and a mile deep. 
whereas people who are a mile wide and inch deep, like y'all doing these radio shows, a vast majority of radio shows I don't know dick about, so I don't even fucking listen or call in. You know I love you, and you know I'm there when you need me. Hell yeah. I'm 2.1 kilometers wide and 12 centimeters deep. Yes, you are. Okay, I'm sorry. Fuck it. Troll me on that that fucking paradigm. I'm just giving the... I'm just giving the way it's normally stated. You're dropping knowledge. Can we uh, welcome uh, Nick Knack back into the... Uh, boom, 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 boom. Back into boom, the role. In, back into oh. the role. Uh, well, Nick Knack, as a Canadian, I'm voting for Justin because he has nice hair. So, there you go. Bieber? No, uh, Justin Trudeau. Running to be our next grand exalted puppet master of the rich. Might as well when be Bieber. Uh, when does all this uh, Canadian voting go down? Uh, Monday. Monday. Son of a gun. Do you guys get fired up for it? No. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, fuck. Glenn does. No, I no, no, we're not the U.S. Nobody else cares like the U.S. Sorry. I, can we go into that for a moment? With like, well, I mean, you guys, you guys aren't making it into a half year fucking marathon show. Well, it's a seventy some day campaign, the longest campaign we've had for a hundred years. You guys got to make it into a reality show. It ain't real. Well, it is. It just hasn't been released yet. It's still in editing. The voting till Monday. Don't give him time. Hey, how's C five one going, man? I saw the uh I saw Royal Ascent. Maybe interested. It's law. Yep. Yeah, I know. What I was the fuck lost, is C five one? You guys do you guys look like you're gonna you're gonna make up your votes? Well, Harper's not getting back in, I'll tell you that. Uh, Are you guys gonna be able to repeal it? Or at least that, edit it? That depends who gets in. There's only one party that has said consistently they will repeal it, and they're probably not going to win. No, thank God. Sorry. Well, I'm, hold on. I, I, I don't think, like I the New C5 Democrat won, Party. As an outsider, I think C five one is an overriding issue. I I don't exactly. like being a single single subject voter. I, I really don't like the idea of single subject voters. But I think in your country, if I may extrapolate as a voter in your country. I would think C five wouldn't be important enough to be a single subject voter on. I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, there are direct portions, sentences in C fifty one that are indistinguishable from the Reichstag Act. So, yeah, it's an issue for me. That's for sure. Especially, yeah, especially doing what I do on Blog Talk Radio. You bet it concerns me. You know. Yeah. I know. I've uh I when C51 came into law, uh I haven't touched a VPN or illegally downloaded anything um since. Phil VPN. VPN. What, 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 is this a uh, is this like a um uh internet uh copyright law that went into effect? Well, and do you want a, do you want a quick synopsis C51? C-51 was passed as new anti-terror legislation. There's four parts to it. The first part deals with increasing the no-fly lists in Canada, which is something that is needed. The airlines themselves have been crying for this for years. 
but with almost all Harper legislation. Hey, there, don't he doesn't he doesn't know. Just just go through them. Don't editorialize yet. No, 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 no. That's that's it. That's the only good part of the four. Just like most Harper legislation, there are four or five pages on top that are useful. The other 150 pages fuck you up the ass. And C-51 is an extreme domestic surveillance bill. It grants powers to basically set up a secret federal police without judges, without warrants. So, yeah, it's, it's a concern to me. Yeah, check it out, how, dude. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to our brothers up north. It's a big problem. Yeah, how the hell did Canada get more, like, m- farther along this this symptomatic? Oh, dude, uh, we were busy helping no, you guys up stop. To us, buddy. Yeah, we were busy helping you guys stop SOPA, and they fucking passed it up here instead. <laughs> Pretty much. You guys used to have like 2.5 million people in the whole fucking country, and it's like the size of uh, Russia. Well, like, which means they have the ability. Which means they have the ability to repeal quicker than we do as well. Which so and it's don't. don't give up hope on the Canadians. What American? It's, it's the fracking power. I mean, look at all these guys who are who are, you know, and and I totally agreed with them. You know, eight, seven, eight years ago, a decade ago, were were crying about you know the end of oil and peak oil and and. Uh, oh, you know, our, Glenn, don't leave uh, yet. We're talking about oil. I really want you to stay here. And that, and now we've and now we've just we've just refilled the the uh, the ballast with with frac you know uh, um, with fracked gas. And uh, I get funny with this one. I get funny with this one. Uh, so, my my feel my feels on this, bro, are are a little bit are a little bit. I don't so I don't. I'm a moderate. I really am. When it comes to this. Like I am all for at least North American energy independence, and I'm all for clean energy. We are all for clean energy. I think everybody who is sane is all for inevitable clean energy. We fucking need it. Um, I think the best route to clean energy is mid is short term investment in energy independence in the dirty energies that we all fucking know and love. And then vigorous investment into the into the into the uh, medium and long term for uh, for clean energy because clean energy isn't there. We can't all just switch over to clean energy right the fuck tomorrow. I wish we could, but we can't so because that's a reality. It's to it's to the national security interests of both your country and mine to. To make sure that we that we can be and will be energy independent, should we ever have OPEC cut us off. So I want I want I do want new wells opened up and I want new refineries opened up. At the same time, I want equal or greater investment in new energy. It doesn't have to be a Republican Democrat thing. It can be a merged solution. But here's the crazy thing, like as we sit and watch and and you know, the the, the arguments that mount against, you know, sort of the, the environmental issues and, and problems with uh, fracking become more and more glaring as you look at the uh earthquakes in fucking Ohio and whatever, whatever and all the problems of Calgary and they're just it's a nightmare. Um 
And remember, uh, remember how I said, remember how I said earlier that any political entity is how I isolate my. It's pretty much the first thing I said when I hopped on. Any political entity are the people that you judge the psyop by. It could be a party within a government. That could be a government. That could be a, a block of governments like NATO okay. or whatever. All right, well, then judge this one next because this is now already a dirty energy, solar. Look into solar. Sure. Yo, no, I'm, a, I'm, aware of, I'm aware of how it gets dirty pretty quickly in battery yeah. manufacturing. Yeah, I'm like aware. Right in front of our eyes, like solar energy has gone from like. You and who know, controls? And who controls the where? And who is controlling? Who is right now setting themselves up to control the rare earth elements that those batteries are made from? China. By the way, the short answer is China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. No. China's China's setting themselves up for the long term. Um, I mean, I mean, my point about unfortunately our, our like, short term our short term electoral thinking does not put us in a position to think that way. It takes it takes some effort to get either your population, the Chinese, or sorry, either the Canadian population or ours, because we're always thinking towards one what's independently beneficial towards us, as opposed to the generations after us. And because we're, well, we, just, we're just inherently more selfish than they are. That's we actually, think entirely with our limbic system now. Like, we have regressed. Like, I mean... Evolution, sort of, of the mind, you know, absent of technology and, and sort of the theory of transhumanism. The has, has Asian governments itself. have something on us that way. The Asian governments <laughs> definitely have something going that we don't that way. I the like issue. to look at when I think about this. I like to look at the uh, the way that the Japanese dealt with Fukushima, and the way that we dealt with Katrina. Because they were a, a more or less equally catastrophic. Both countries lost a major what? city. Um, during Katrina, we had riots in the streets. We had we had gangs roaming. Uh, during the during the uh, tsunami that led to the Fukushima meltdown, you I forget the name of the tsunami, but you had uh, you had the Japanese lining up orderly. The difference between their population and ours, from what I can tell, seems to be in that our population thinks independently, whereas their population thinks collectively. And you sort well, of they see were it new. In, the way that the Jap- in the way that the Chinese think. The Chinese tend towards long-term thinking. They're, I believe their ah, what's their national motto? Their national motto is something along the lines of. Uh, of something like ten thousand year ten thousand year world empire, something like that. I forget exactly how it is, uh, but let's say it's ten thousand year old empire. Um, to which I always, to which I always quip to my Chinese buddies, something like, "Well, how the fuck have you not gotten it right yet? Like we've only been around three hundred years, and we seem to be doing pretty good." Um, you so, are a funny. You are a funny patriot. You're. You are my type of patriot. See the but, issues, but, but, the, but the no, issue but there are here. Go ahead. Go there, ahead. Hold on. There are important things to think about when it comes to this. They actually do think collectively in a way that we do not. We think independently. We think we actually. We, I mean, we have. You can go on. You can go on Audible. You can go on YouTube and find one-minute lullabies. Our people 
are so focused on individuality, whereas their people are focused on collectivism. The individual is part of a hive for them, whereas we have to have activist movements to have any concept of how individuals can act as hives. Thank you, Anonymous. Cactus. Seriously. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm monopolizing. Glenn, go ahead, brother. What I think is, is almost almost funny is a lot of what WVU is describing is attributable to state planning instead of instead of corporate. Are you kidding? The Chinese are better at state planning than we are literally for that. Well, there and is no state. There is no state planning in so-called Western democracies because they are sure. cor- corporate fucking one-term, give-me-all-I-can-get established systems. Absolutely. I completely agree. So now, do you want a state-planned government? I no. don't. What I don't want is corporate-controlled government. And that's what now, we have. Corporations, corporations, and you see this. You see this absolutely. And you guys, you guys will know this to be true because you see it in the headlines today. When they're talking about China hacking America and us hacking them, you are seeing a discussion about whether it's okay for the state to hack for the corporation or not. America says we don't hack for public companies. And China says our major public companies are part of our national wealth, and we consider that a part of national security. Therefore, we have no problem hacking for it. Um, that's a debate that needs to happen at the presidential level. So I'm not off, I'm not even like I'm not educated enough to speak to it because I'm not a fucking president. But uh, but which one do you want? Do you want a top-down controlled government? Because I'm pretty sure every time I've seen that work, it didn't. Or do you want a capitalistic controlled government, which, by the way, has its flaws, but we but we can self-correct it over time. Yeah, you I'm going to give you two minutes want? of truth. Hold on. I'm going to give you two minutes of truth about the oil industry in Canada uh, as I'll it stands it. right now. Um, I really, do, I really did want an answer to my question before you hijacked it. I feel kind yeah. of bad. Can I have, can I have my answers before, before sure. you hijack? Yeah, give her. You know, okay, it's which funny. One do you want, it's funny because you know you talk about the corporate system, but yet you talk about top-down state control. I don't see a whole lot of differentiation there oh. with this corporate fascism we have that's being sold as capitalism. I think that's fair. You know, I mean, this is the problem. It's it's not even an ideological difference anymore. It's the haves and the have-nots. doesn't matter where you go, what type of government they call it. It's the same. The elite have way too much, and everybody else is getting fucked. I feel like our government is best prepared to adjust that over other governments. We can do something about it, whereas other governments cannot. I feel like we we are better prepared to fix it. And it is happening all over the world. You're absolutely right. I feel like the world is turning into an oligarchy. I completely agree with you on that. How to fix it? Our governments are best prepared to fix it. And I'm actually super concerned with fixing it while our governments still maintain the largest amount of capital because the oligarchy intelligently should move themselves to governments 
where where we can't actually influence them. And then once the world oligarchy moves that way, we really can't do shit about it. Because our voting doesn't matter there. Well, our voting matters that... here, and while it's still here, we can do something. So let's fucking move. Well, it's a matter of time. That's all it is. Well, that's why we need to move quickly. Nobody else? I don't know. Did we just agree or what? Well, no. I don't know. I just, I don't see any, I don't see any saving this. It's just too fucking broken. No matter when the crash comes and how bad it is, there's a reason all this profit-taking on the, on the stock market every week and everything else is happening. It doesn't matter how, ba- how bad it gets. My pile is bigger than your pile. So, I mean, even if money is worth nothing, 4 billion nothings is more than 20,000 nothings. Here's where I think you're wrong. I still love... Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to say the. I'm going to say the American spirit, but I know that the Western spirit. Let's go with the Western spirit. I still love the Western spirit. People that are of our generation. Technology has evolved so motherfucking quickly that the people in power right now have been able to capitalize on it while while the laws are in place to do so. So it makes perfect sense that you can't be the president of the United States until you're the age of, what, 35, 45? I don't even fucking know. Um, and you can't, be, you, can't be, you can't be a member of the Supreme Court until later than that. You have to, there's, that's the way things have worked so that the people that are on the Supreme Court right now don't understand the reality on the ground that you and I are living in every day. The millennials are coming up. We're here. Um, we deal with things rapidly. We're the changing generation. We're the ones that are used to fucking new data coming in that completely shifts our way of thinking every fucking day. The fact that somebody who has my background would talk to people who have your background would have been literally unheard of 10 years ago. But right now it's happening. And guess what? We're boys. So it's cool. I guess what? Vert's on. Cactus. Cactus. I wanted to hear this two minutes of truth from Puppy. And you guys have done great tonight. And glad you're back, Nick Knack. <laughs> dude, Nick just fucking killed me, dude. Fucking wheel up an F thirty five to the fucking window at the pawn shop. Dude at the pawn shop's like, yo, I'll give you a thousand bucks here like so you got it, brother. He liked it. Yeah. I'll take two or whatever the fuck he's having. Canadian whiskey. Cheap. On account of you guys, you maple sack fucks. What just happened? Nick Nack, how you been? I'm sorry I didn't make Defcon this year. <laughs> Nick Nack got me chuckling. Nick uh, Nack still you know holds, holds the best feature of playing the fucking uh, prices right, wrong answer. Dun 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 for 30 fucking minutes, and we all fell for it for 30 28. minutes. Yeah. Uh, 
28 and a half. Then him and Danny come on and basically laughed, and the show was over. Yay! <laughs> now you have a thousand dollars you can have before. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, okay. What is it? What's the, what's the two minutes, Bob? As, as Glenn knows, um, part of uh, my skill set involves working with oil companies, um, and there is a fear that they are using in Alberta at the moment um, with their staff, with their contractors, with everybody, that the NDP government in Alberta is driving investment out of the oil patch and into uh, North Dakota and into Mexico. Now, the reason they're saying this is because uh, they can't get the Keystone Pipeline passed, which is leaving Alberta's oil landlocked. And people don't want to pay what it's going to cost to get Alberta oil. And if they are buying it, they're getting it at a discount. So they're using selective layoffs in the oil sector to spread an, uh, an aura of fear through those that are still have their jobs but are working less. The price of oil at the moment, it ain't going anywhere. It's going to stay below 50 bucks a barrel probably for a year. Yay. But in that, ti- in that time, uh, the oil companies in Canada are going to restructure uh, shift head office focus to the northern United States where fracking is, is the king at the moment. And I don't blame them. Wouldn't the you, if, you're, if you're focused on profits, if your primary focus is profits, that's what I would do. There, there's 35 trillion barrels of oil in Fort McMurray. Yeah, but you guys, but sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to collectivize you with all activists, but let's go with activists have made it abundantly clear that it's not going to work up there. So, because it's not going to work up there, the people who have the capital who are trying to maximize profits are going to move to where they can maximize their profits. So, why is that surprising or new to anybody? Be- no, because it, it does it work be. in Fort McMurray. It does work. Well, it can. It, it can, it, and it has been working for, you know, a decade. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, until the it works for the oil stuff. companies, right? Like, you're... you're like in Fort, like the real estate prices are all fucked up. It's like fifty five hundred dollars for a one bedroom because you can go up there and make, you know, two hundred and fifty grand a year if you have no education, but you can work like a, like everything is fucked well, up. Well, that's in not those, true. That's, that's not, not true. true. You can't make that's no exactly. quarter million bucks on a shovel. It's no, just well, not, but no, I mean, it, I mean, th- there is like sort of this. This uh, um, result of, of fracking, where you, there's you know guys living in their trucks or trailer parks that pop up, and and the the value of property does get skewed. That's what money why does. Is, why is anybody surprised that corporations yeah. seek profits? That's what corporations are built to do. No, but the issue puppy's the corporate making. Corporate structure is built on it. The issue puppy's making is big oil is blackmailing. The Alberta government. That's yeah. what's going on. That that's the truth in Alberta is uh we're we have a gun held to our heads. And just so you know, I might be an activist, but I'm a fucking Albertan. I've oil puts <laughs> right. oil puts fucking food on my plate 
and so unfortunately, this so this doesn't so this doesn't surprise me. Um, well, I mean, when a when a when a corporation when a corporation is is at the position where they're like, hey, listen, it's much cheaper to work down here. We know it's gonna fuck you if we move down here. Please don't make us move down here. We we will because it's necessarily true for our bottom line. Our our stockbrokers are going to vote us out of office and will no longer be in charge of this corporation unless we do this. Alberta government, please help us not do this. We really don't want to make this move. But it's not the Alberta government. It's not the Alberta government that's exerting the pressure. You want to know who's got a lot? It's the private sector. Bullshit. You want to know who's got to do with the low oil price? The United States stockpile of crude oil has never been higher. The United States domestic production of oil has never been higher. So let's talk yeah. about who's really behind the low oil prices. Yeah. Oh, President Obama. I've, I've, I've studied that one myself. Um, but we're we're getting into ah, we we can do this. We can do this. I don't I don't mind doing this because I'm well researched on the subject. Um but we're starting to get into so this is this is the thing, like huge things happen on the geopolitical scale. They do. They happen well above us. And then these fights happen at the low level, like what's happening? Like Alberta accidentally gets a gun to its head that nobody intended the high level. It's just a byproduct of what's happening at the high level. What's happening at the high what's happening at the high level in my perspective, Glenn, is that a whole bunch of a whole bunch of interesting things happened about a year ago, give or take. Um, the Russian invasion of Crimea, which was a year and a half ago, somewhere in there, um, uh, caused caused a choke caused a choke on oil. Uh, that caused the large businesses to large, oh, particularly OPEC, who who disagree with that to flood the market with the intent of driving down oil prices. There's there's a very strong argument that was on the table at the time. I remember hearing it. It stated the biggest reason why uh, why the, the, the Russian government was destabilizing. The Russian government was destabilizing. In order for the Russian government to remain stable, they needed oil prices to rise by 10%. In order to do that, they manufactured a conflict. They invaded Crimea. That was what happened. That's how this is literally like what was happening. Like like the information I was getting as it was happening was that. So what happened next from there was that the as a response to that, um, the Western powers and the Western powers provided sanctions. And OPEC started flooding the market, one, to deprive the Russians of their primary objective and the and with the addition of sanctions, sanctions by Western powers should have stopped Russian aggression. That was the intent. Uh, what happened was super interesting because at, at a certain point, oil started hitting a, a low thing where U.S. producers couldn't do it. I happen to have somebody in my family, by the way, my mother, who worked for Department of Energy, and, and, is, and I, have, I have a good solid evidence that 60% of U.S. oil production, if that number still holds, um, 60% of U.S. oil production is actually small business. So small mm-hmm. business oil producers 
we're not in a position to produce at a particular – there's actually – I have the chart available somewhere. But uh, small business oil producers were not able to produce below like a certain margin. Like once, once dollar per barrel hit a low number, they weren't able to produce below that and actually turn a profit. So those businesses go out of business. Mm-hmm. And okay. Sell off, and sell off Guess what, everybody? This is should go ahead, go on, go on. We're going into overtime. Whether you like yep. it. Okay, I just, we're going overtime. All right. And so small businesses sell off their sell off their uh, their small businesses to the larger businesses. This yep. allows several different. So this is this has led to several different interesting things that were accidental, but all occurred at once. U.S. politicians, Western politicians, Saudi Arabia, OPEC, all agree on this, and that is just the interconglomerate, the 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 conglomerate oil market, all agree with all of Western powers. This agenda, this agenda has continued to be pushed, which has continued to push oil prices down. What is it doing? It's hurting small business in America. Uh, the small business oil producers in America who represent 60% of the oil market that nobody in America knows, but that's true, um, is helping Saudi Arabia. And as a byproduct, they're hurting Iran, which is also good for Saudi Arabia. It's hurting Iran. It's hurting Russia. And as a result, we have all these different byproducts. One of them is the situation you're dealing with. It's second. It's, it's people up high making huge decisions that have second, third, fourth order effects that lead to the position you're in. Again, this is one of those things I just I just dealt with this when I was talking with you guys when it comes to that uh, the influence operations of that of that chick. Like, don't like what you're looking at might be the symptom of a larger problem. So don't be afraid to zoom out from your individual problem to what the larger circumstance is. Don't oh, I've fight been, a I've been small blaming, battle when there's actually a huge war to fight. Fight the uh, huge I've been war. blaming uh, the U.S. government and OPEC for uh, the price of oil for a long time uh, because but then they. Also, but then also, but then also understand why they did it. Oh they yeah, they also got the added on Russia. And they got the uh, added bonus of fucking over Venezuela at the same time. That's what the Keystone is for. Yeah. Well, how do you want to think about the Keystone? I don't have I don't have a dedicated opinion on Keystone. I don't. Keystone XL is built to take you Canadian bitumen and process it on the Gulf Coast, which is very, very close to Venezuelan export crude oil in quality. Not one drop of Keystone XL product is for domestic use in the United States. It is all for export. It is meant to put Venezuela out of business. Yep. And maybe that's a good thing. For. We don't know for sure. Fuck that. No way. No, You've got to zoom out and think about the macroscope. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I don't have an opinion about the Keystone. Yeah. Be- because they don't like the leaders in Venezuela, they shouldn't try and fuck their entire economy. And then as a byproduct, and and here's here's the thing that people in um, the oil-producing states in America don't realize, is that their policy is eventually, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be six months from now, but a year from now, if the price of oil stays where it is, 
You guys are going to be in the exact same damn boat we are, only... Oh, I completely uh, agree. No, the small, yeah. business, small business in America cannot sustain this price. Well, I mean, I know is, that. This is another side effect, because frackers will hit a threshold sooner than other types of production where it's no longer profitable. Now, wherever they frack, they have leases. So when they sell out, they sell their leases. And who's so buying them all? Big oil. Big oil. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is, again, this is one. This is why this is why U.S. big oil is on board. U.S. big oil doesn't mind buying up small business. They would not mind shrinking the market share in the U.S. Oh yeah, That's they would important. love to monopolize it. So. Well, yeah. Course, because right? who, who all these... If I had if I had if I had a significant portion of the market, I would love to monopolize it. Yeah, of course. Well, all these little perfect. all these little guys basically made the fracking industry. It's all these little 20-employee outfits that made this fracking industry in the States. So let's just put them, all, put, a, let's put them all out of business, and we'll buy their leases. And then we just turn the lights on. So this conversation has broadened significantly from where it initially <laughs> started. But if I, could, if I could do anything, if I could, just, if I could just bring anything to the table, it would be take whatever, whatever it is that is fucking pissing you off on a given policy thing. Zoom out to the macroscopic. Look at how far. Look at key bono. Again, to whose benefit? Key bono being fucking Latin for whose benefit. That's just like how I explain it to fucking smart assholes who have PhDs. Key bono. Zoom out. Figure out who the fuck is benefiting. Once you have that, figure out how you want to influence their benefit and zoom back in to achieve the best benefit for you. That's the best way to achieve policy change. When you're looking at it in the microscopic, when you're like, I'm really sad that the city is taking my land because of eminent domain or whatever the fuck the city is taking your land for, whatever the fuck your little microscopic problem is, when you zoom out, look at it, and then zoom back in once you have a good understanding, then you can achieve some change. I mean that, guys. I really do. And I'm doing my best to try to fucking work that problem from the inside. That's what I'm doing. I think you all know me well enough to know that that's true. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, so don't... I, don't just be like... Don't just be like... Don't just be like... The, the people are holding guns to our necks in Alberta. Zoom out from the problem. Why are they holding the guns? Why are they holding the guns to Alberta? Well, we and know that. How to tackle that larger problem? Yeah, we know that. Problem, but I mean, the smallest position. But with in twelve months, where you have, say, a thirty percent reduction in GDP, people have other priorities than getting together and getting the pitchforks out. You know what right. I'm well, saying? That's the difference between being reactionary and reactionary and proactive. If you're going to be reactive, yeah, you're always going to be reactive to big business. You want to always be reactive to big business? I don't want to be reactive to big business. I like to try to pay attention to what the fuck is going on so I can be proactive, so I can anticipate their moves, so I can fucking make smart decisions ahead of them. We haven't done it yet. I don't think it's been done yet. Well, again, if it, is, going, if it is being done, if it is being done, I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to be a part of that fucking think tank. 
this goes but, all this goes all the way back to the talk about China and the, and the state planning and the long term vision. Again, that's because they have a culture, and the West doesn't. It's fake. It's bullshit. That is that, why. It's not fake. It's not bullshit. It's not fake. It's not bullshit. Listen, I love. I personally love the culture of independence that Western society provides me. I am more important than the state. I love that. I think that's absolutely true. It's that's not culture. Stupid. It's straight up. It's a straight up. Are you kidding? I have. I have a good amount of culture. What is best? But my freedom. Critic, my critical thinking. Freedom's well, not a culture. Our ability to critically, our ability to critically think about things. I don't want the state to dictate the number amount of people that are allowed to be able to critically think. Our oh. ability to critically, the the Chinese and the Japanese and a lot of the Asian cultures, what what they stress in their education is rote memorization, which is fine and good. What I what I consider a challenge to that is our society. Maybe not maybe not so hot on rote memorization, but I tell you what, like I had Calc four. I don't fucking remember dick about Calc one, but I tell you what, I can Google it and I'm shit hot on it. Ten seconds later, it's fine. I am I'm from a culture that allows independent thinking, and as a result. I don't necessarily need to know everything, but I know how to find everything. It's actually infective in our military the same way. Our privates, our privates who want to be sorry, our our E4s who want to be sergeants. The way you know an E4 is ready to be a sergeant is when he says, "I don't know the answer, but I know how to find it." That's how you know he's ready to he's ready to lead troops, and he know everything. So you know, that that's your demonstration of a culture. What I what I consider an important part of our culture is that we don't know everything, but we do know how to find it. Um, and if as, they can't have, find it, damn it, they'll bomb it until they hand it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I do. We do have that going for us as a world power. Yeah. Uh, On that note, but, though, fellas, I got to go to bed because I got to get up at fucking five and go to work. So, yeah. And, peace, uh, love, I, happiness. I, I, Thanks for everything today. Love y'all lots. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Good night, Bob. Hey. Good night, brother. Great show. Yeah. yeah you good night, night. Cactus. Cactus. Thanks for putting all this on Cactus and uh, unfuck Cactus the world, tooth. brother. Yeah, unfuck the world. For sure. Also, we're trying, baby. We're trying. Glenn, uh, what would you define as a culture? I think that's very, that's like, question. that's a very, very, uh, like, really direct, you know, kind of question. But I think it's really yeah, uh, something that's actually, like, within the boundaries of, like, the conversation to actually kind of figure it out. Canada, yeah. Canada is a very multicultural country on purpose. In a big city in Canada you can basically see five to 10 to 20 different distinct ways of going about everyday life. That's what I consider a culture. And it's wait, which, which, which do, you, spread, do you consider the ability to absorb other cultures to be a culture? Or do you consider each of those individual things culture? You're not born in 20 different neighborhoods. 
So no. you learn your culture from birth, as far as I'm concerned. And the thing about so what is it? What is it that distinguishes it, you and I from Chinatown, from Koreatown, a lot from Lisbon A lot of things. Okay, the that's value, our culture. Our culture is we have none then, because everything that other cultures that are from like China, Japan, thousands of years of civilization, they have much more communal cultures. They have much more ritualistic cultures. That doesn't mean they're all some sort of fundamental groupthink. It's just something they they accept. I feel like you're selling us short, man. Um, My culture... My culture is accepting of everybody in, in the best, in the best version of my culture. My culture is accepting of everybody regardless of who you are. My culture considers one human, one vote, well, I, regardless are, of who you are. These my are ethos. Culture, it's not a culture. Those are ethos. Those are personal thoughts that you hold. Okay. Those, that's true. That's, that's the general cultural representation of America. Do you think every person who is of the culture of Arab thinks a hijab is necessary? Are you willing to drop drop blanket statements that way? Right, go ahead, draw me blanket statements of other cultures, and let me tell you how that's wrong. You can't use religion to define a culture. Go ahead. Go ahead and define me another culture. Define for me another culture that is that is equally that is that is sorry where my definition of my culture is insufficient and your definition of theirs is sufficient. Just give me one. Koreans. Just give me one, and I'll see the point. Koreans. How are, how do they have a culture and I do not? They have a culture because they still all use... Koreans do what? All Koreans are brought up learning the same lessons from deep, deep in their past, they make a conscious effort to show what they feel to be the good parts of their past, which have become, if you will, folklore, which have become their culture. That's another thing about America. It's not even 300 years old. So to be the cultural leader of the world is scary as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. I don't know who said America is the cultural leader of the world. That would be that'd be a very weird statement, and I wouldn't agree with it. Ask any American PR representative. Ask anybody who works for Coke, or McDonald's, or Walmart. They will insist America is the cultural capital of the world. Ah, I can see that point. I can see. I can see where that's true. And they drive the machine, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I think we're 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 just the latest uh, iteration of of Empire Pax Romana. So we we sit at the at the in the uh, crow's nest of uh, of what we perceive as culture um, right now in the and, and hey, and that's absolutely true, man. Are you pointing to like like part part of what I consider our culture is? is the acceptance of all cultures and essentially like we're the culture that's allowed to transmute. Like we have no problem accepting everybody else into our culture. 
Well, I that's, think in like the li- I think in the li- I think in the liberal arts like view of of Western culture and and based on on Greek antiquity and and Greek you know ethics and culture. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, let's go. Let's little... go this way. Three hundred years from now, three hundred years from now, and you and I and everybody else that lives in today is dead and gone. That, I think our, but you have to understand. I think, think our culture is three hundred years old. I think our culture is, is goes to the Greek classic. That's Western culture. Like our culture is no different than classical Western Greek culture. Yeah, we're no different. No, no, we're the inheritors. But the fact that we are no different is false, sir. But, well, I mean, no different is is definitely an exaggeration. But we're I mean, the inheritors. The, we're the inheritors yeah, of that yeah. culture. I will, I will, I will take that. But to tell me that I'm no different is false. So no, let's right. fast forward 300 years in the future. Instead of instead of trying to live here in the moment and try to do like like a little Uh-oh. fucking jiggly dance to figure out how do you conceive 300 years in the future, they're going to think about us today. Do you? Because I can because I can pretty clearly draw into the map about how they're going to think about us. I think you probably could too without betraying your own honesty about what you consider to be cultures. If you ask if you ask somebody 300 years from now to look at the day and draw lines on a map as to where the cultural boundaries are, they could probably pretty honestly do so. Where would you draw them, and do you think we have a a distinct culture after doing so? Um, Glenn, do you want to take that first? There will be no people here in 300 years. In the okay, sorry. Right at the end of humanity, how will they draw us? Unless humanity dies tomorrow, I guess. Wherever you draw the line, come on, don't escape, don't escape the problem, Glenn. Don't cheat Uh, me that way. I don't see three hundred years in the future as feasible. So, humanity's gone in three hundred years in the future. Mm, That may be two generations. Two generations in the future. Your kids, your kids' kids, how are they going to see the way that I, we define culture? I think it's being decided right now, you know. Um, I mean, I, I, I think if oh, you of course. follow... No, the way, the, it, way that, the way that our kids see us is clearly being decided right now because we're the ones fucking living it. I mean, and, and if, we, if we followed, like, uh, you know, the, the, the bell curve of the way... Um, uh, genetic assimilation is going on. Um, we'll be a pretty homogenous group in, in 300 years. Um, I don't necessarily. I believe it's. I believe it's five generations for all ten. Um, and Glenn, <laughs> BT Dub, I believe you cheated out of the question because you should know as well as I do uh, that humanity is going to find a way no matter what, even if there's only two fucking people and those two fucking people breed themselves into retarded offspring. Like adaptability is the most advantageous thing. That's the reason why the human race of, of all of them propagated as large species on the planet. Absolutely. That's how the Beatles were fucking sick. We're like, the only species the that was the dinosaurs has literally the inhabited every medium, whether it's water, 
non-gravitational space, uh, the ionosphere, desert, uh, volcano, uh, cliff, Sahara, tree. I think you're you're cheating. You're cheating by saying the entirety of the human race. No, we have. You're just bowing out out cheaply, Glenn, by saying the entirety of the human race is going to be gone in three generations. Well, he said three hundred years. That's that's three hundred years. Sorry, five generations. But uh, he's away from the keyboard. No, 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 no. Take away the protective layer of the atmosphere. Let the radiation spread. Let the disease all humans spread. Again? It's possible. No human will adapt past that. No, I, I already have. So just, just FYI. But uh, okay, but in this vein, because we're going down this rabbit hole, Mars, right? Like now, Mars is all, all su- suddenly viable. By the way, that's an ugly ass solar flare that has to happen during the next five generations. Has it happened in the last thousand? I don't know why it's going to happen in the next five. What do you mean for us to move some more? Wanted to call, but to lose the upper layer of the ionosphere. That's 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 a that's essential. What what he's predicting is literally impossible. And if it is, if it, I mean, it's not. It's not impossible. It's it's just statistically improbable. But it could be exactly. So I don't know. I don't know why you needed to beat my question on an entirely statistically improbable. Glenn, I want to know. <laughs> like it was all about culture. You did for right now, but culture. you know what? I'm going to say this right here, right now. I think there is like a way that you know we will die. I mean, like the sun will fucking blow up, and then the whole fucking solar system could just be destroyed, dismantled. Uh, you know, especially what he was talking about, the atmosphere, like, just depleting and all, it, all the radiation coming down into, like, fucking... Yeah, I don't want to... I didn't want to run that down too far because I was afraid for that happening. What I ultimately wanted was to have Glenn take an outside perspective of our fucking... Our snapshot in time. The snapshot that we're living in. And think about what it is that we do... And then say whether or not what we do is culture from an outside perspective. Because it's really hard to do it while you're living in it. Like, how do I consider our culture? Like, we can we can consider everybody else's culture fine, but we're living in our culture. And for some reason, we deny that what it is that we do is unique or special or cultural. Um, whereas I have no problem stating that my culture is the acceptance of all cultures. I'm super happy with that. That's the ideal version of my culture. I that's, would, yeah, that's the ideal. That's the ideal of my consciousness. I don't think that's the ideal of. I mean, that might be the ideal that I would like my culture to aspire to. But I don't think that's. Sure, I think that's, that's true. I think there's, but there is. If you are, if you are three hundred. If you're 300, 200 years in the future, just removed from where we currently are and looking back, there's very clearly a difference. He he escaped it with that apocalyptic thing. And I want to bring it back to the actual point, which is that back. If you if you were looking if you were looking at it from 300 years in the future, assuming humans exist 300 years in the future, 
there is there are very clear cultural lines and we would and we would count i think probably in those history books should they exist and should we not vaporize ourselves given glenn's scenario we would we would be i guess clustered into what would probably be western culture which I don't consider to be a bad thing. We are our own distinct culture on the planet right now. As cultures go, this thing we're doing is a culture. And I don't feel I don't feel abashed or ashamed for being a part of it. Dude, I, I hear you hundred percent. Neither do I, but I mean if we just do look at like the history, um it, it, eastern cultures um, have survived and gone through trials and tribulations, like even sort of on a. Oh, they've evolved over time too, and they're a very and they're a very smart and very ancient crew. Well, I mean, they've also gone through. I mean, like dynasties, and they've gone through uh, governments and cycles where you know everything changes from you know positive to negative. Um, so I mean, it, it. But when you take when you scale out and you look at you know, the 4,500 written history of Eastern civilization versus, you know, uh, the, the... Our history our history is our history is white faggots doesn't go that far. Our history is white faggots goes about 500 years after the Roman Empire <laughs> died. We, right. our ancestors, our ancestors were tribesmen. We're, we're non-distinct tribesmen that were just generally written off by the Romans. Well, they That's were Germanic. I mean, they were Germanic in in. in they were just, in we were just generally clustered into the Gauls. They didn't give a fuck yeah, about Gauls, us. Yeah, Gauls, Germanic, you know. I love they the Gauls. Just, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't did know you read, about... Did you ever read Asterix? Did anybody ever read Asterix? No. Asterix, Obelix. Did we just get cut off? No. Nobody ever read Asterix from the Gaul, the little guy with the uh, with the giant fat guy who carried the many ears around. Nope. Uh, well, you got stuck you know in Central Standard Time, unfortunately. Um, what what happened? That's kind of sad. Uh, he got, I guess, kind of, he got off, kind of got booted. Oh, WVU? Yeah. I got to find Knickknack. Dude, I'd love getting WVU on a fucking, on a beat, man. He'll go. Yeah. A little bit too much, I think, in my eyes. <laughs> Oh, he knows that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next day, definitely. But he's a uh, he's an asset. So, uh, Glenn, what a great success this day was, man. I don't know how much time we have left, but uh, oh, lots. Uh, I I, uh, I, I felt a a ton of gratitude in in uh, Serena's family's voice. So, uh, kudos to you and Pop and uh, the Revolution Radio family for show. Yeah, it was a good night. Um, like I said, I mean, they came to me. So, you know, okay, this is going to get done. 
Um, I guess the one thing that's changed the most since I started doing this, I mean, when I come back two days after the election next Wednesday, it's going to be my season four premiere. You know, um, I figured it out. I have about 20 episodes a season and the last one had 26. And that was even with all the time I missed in the spring. So the one thing I've learned is, like Rebel always said, if you really want a fucking show, if there's somebody you really want on your show, it could happen. You know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it just falls in your lap. And sometimes you got to work like hell for it. But, yeah, it can happen. You know, you guys yeah. know that this shit gets to be habit forming. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> That, but that was and you and you know you and Pop make such a good natural uh, natural team. It was a, a, a big uh, big mission was accomplished. Well, I definitely believe though, like if for co-hosts that sound like that, that's just like uh, loaded dice. Derek and Dave, they've met, they've spent time together. That's why they are so fucking smooth on the air together, and. I've met Puppy. I've spent time with Puppy. So I think that's the difference. I don't know what it is. It's just that, you know, you know who's on the other end. And I yeah. think it makes a, I think it makes a difference. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. usually like usually with uh Anticrisis, he usually is like the talker. He really does bring out uh, a lot of questions and I'm usually the silent protagonist and I I don't mind that. Well, those are the those are the roles that you guys have chosen. So I mean, it works, yeah. right? I yeah, mean, yeah, totally. That's like loaded dice. Dave does the entire technical side, and Derek's job is to get guests. That's it. And their show works great, you know. So whatever works, man, you know. And uh, you know, I think I, I. I mean, it would. I don't know what what we'll have to do uh, moving forward. There's going to be the the uh, Twitter storm, and we'll blast that out. But uh, I mean, I, I I really can't see. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you know, at the very least, somebody like uh, the Young Turks or uh, Lip TV. I mean, somebody's got. I mean, it's crazy that nobody has picked up Serena's story. Like. Seriously, man. Well, I mean, the issue is there's very little to pick up. This has been right. very tightly controlled and kept secret, you know? Right. All right. Uh, well, if I was the producer, I mean, you know, I, maybe I would look at it as just, you know, the the the, the dangers of being uh, a young journalist, uh, you know, these days. And somebody in the chat room during your episode said, I think it was Soldier said, uh, you know, boy, she only traveled with the cameraman. That's odd. But it's not. Like, I mean, that's how, like, the Sebastian Unger, you know, rolls, just he and a cameraman. And uh, Harry Fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, most, most journalists these days, I mean, you know, and sell their shit to the highest bidder and then they get a contract, right? That's well, well see. That's exactly it, though. All those one-man bands are freelancers. 
And that was that was the point that I wanted to make. Serena was not a freelancer. Right. She was she belonged to a recognized, accredited organization. That's what made this different because the bureaus that have staff, they're like a squad, you know, especially if they're in a foreign country like Turkey. They always stick together. They travel together, you know. I mean, it's they're easy to identify, but it's also safety in numbers. They have to stay together. It's the best way to conduct their business if they think that what they're doing may piss somebody off. I mean, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that she was probably being surveilled for who knows how long. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are other recordings of her when she said that herself. I mean, she oh, yeah. was irate. She had, she said she had dealt with the, you know, with the secret police and, and, uh, uh, the uh, you know the the MIT before, um, mm-hmm. but and this was the first time she ever felt that she was threatened. I mean, and she you know clearly makes a video statement saying I've tried to contact them and get in touch with them to clear this up, but they haven't called me back. Well, yeah, it's a game, you know, because so, I mean. That's another thing, too, especially when there's some sort of security protocol involved and it's a member of the press. If the member of the press phones them, right away they think, oh, no, we we don't have control in this situation. We can't do that. That's the way they think, right? Everything's fucking tactical. Taking a shit is tactical to these people, you know? So, I mean, they're just not going to follow common sense or courtesy, they're just going to militarize. You know? I, I spent I, I spent the last few days t- looking, you know, uh, for any sort of uh, evidence of of spying or um, uh, an investigation being launched um, by the Turkish government or anything of that nature. No. And nothing. No, you know. No, it just mean, doesn't so, exist. It just doesn't no. exist. No, there was no suspicion of it. You know, as Tim said, you know, uh, the Benghazi thing, uh, you know, there was contractors there. There there were government people there. But still, you better believe there's a fucking investigation. And then then the, the guy who was beheaded, you better believe there's a fucking investigation. And, you know, something else, one of the things that I think Fatima cleared up, is a lot of people assume that Serena was a dual citizen. I really hate BTR sometimes, and also really badly Skype, because when I try to add somebody onto like a three-way because they really want to talk into a conversation, like Vert, I can't do it because I'm host sometimes. It just makes me yeah. a little bit frustrated. Yeah, you can't do that when you're host, that's true. But I mean, you know, a lot of people made fun. the assumption that she was a dual citizen. That kind of lets people think that, oh, well, she was probably born in Lebanon and then came over here. Well, that's not the case at all. She was born and raised in the United States. She is as American as any of those other people killed. Yeah, and Fatima made made that emphatically clear. Yep. That not only was she, but that there was a lot of pride in it. You know, and I mean, you know, if you... Uh, 
I mean, that's what I mean. That's kind of what I was alluding to with the People magazine comment. Like, I mean, this is like a you know, like a an American you know, uh, uh, you know, supermarket uh, checkout counter magazine dream. Like, you know, she's beautiful, two kids, successful husband in the same field, and nobody will touch it with a 10-foot pole, man. No, well, I mean, you know, there's there's something at stake. There's no doubt about it. There's something at stake. Yeah, and uh, maybe, you know, maybe we've been able to, uh, I mean, sometimes it's just a single pebble and just, you know, then people will catch wind of it, um, you know, the right people, hopefully. It did get an awful lot of promotion. I mean, there were accounts with a million and a half followers tweeting it regularly. Uh, I think before the show, you know, the the share widgets on the show page? Yeah, they were way up there. Yeah, it was like over 400. Yeah, they were higher than I've ever seen them. Yeah, I've never seen numbers like that for my show. No way. So, you know, and again, uh, archive listens will be a big deal. Um, And then Tim is on a non-UK radio tomorrow. So, I mean, this is a concerted effort. And like I said, you know, there was a time I wasn't sure if this was going to happen because there was a lot of things involved. And then, like I said, when they came to me and said, okay, October 10th is her birthday. October 19th was the day we found out she was gone. Let's do it on the 17th. And I was like, um, are you serious? Are you serious? And they said, yeah, we are. It's time. Okay, then. You know, and just today, well, I mean, up until yesterday, it was going to be just Fatma. And then yesterday, Tim came on board. And then today, about four hours before the show, Farah came on. So this, the show got stronger the closer we got to it. And uh, uh, that was cool. I don't think that's happened to me before. The show just got better and better the closer we got. So if we wouldn't right, have had... Seeing, seeing the momentum build. Yeah, if we wouldn't have had the connection issues, it would have been a little better. But it was still... I'm proud of it. Yeah, well, and, and the archives. Because, I mean, beyond... I mean... From from Stent Stern, like uh, Shin did a great job. Smoker, Jay Vab's guest was uh, I was riveted. Um, so uh, definitely a huge success. And uh, some we should and 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 you know you said never seen numbers for your show. This is still still your show too, brother. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. I mean my I theme, do. my theme show. But, and uh, I, I like the way you you know you were like okay this doesn't fit the uh, the uh, view up here sort of yeah. uh, that's smart. Well, I thought it was first of all my regular listeners would be like what's this, and second of all is way this is way bigger than my show. And I think the good part of it, after all is said and done, and this night is over, if the statement is true then we sent the boss off on a good fucking note. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah. I think... So what do you how, mean? How... Well, that's it. Rebel said that's it. He's done now. He's got nothing to do with it anymore. 
He's done. He's like he's done with Favre. He's, he's done, done with, with the group. Everything. He's done with the group now. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, like hunt him down on the golf course and harass him. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do immensely. I'm going to try to figure out a way. I have to go down to the East Coast. One, go get one, me a fun. Uh, me a GoFundMe already started. All right, that just I, do this. one afternoon we'll 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 do, we'll we'll, uh, we'll re in uh, Florida or some godforsaken golf state like that, and yeah, was... uh, we'll have a two and a half pound uh, bag of uh, calamari on us, and we'll we'll <clears throat> we'll stuff we'll stuff it into his uh, into his golf bag. Yeah. Well, then. So you need a GoFundMe because you want to become ANCAP Caddy. ANCAP Caddy. Exactly. I'll be wearing like a touching... black and yellow shirt and everything. That I'll be feeling my ass on, uh... like down to a fucking... <laughs> that was I'd a touching moment on the old radio show. Like, you really caddy. I I used to caddy for a little while, you know. But I mean, not not only is that uh, not an easy job, but there's not that many people from your generation caddy. Well, I mean, I did it for money, so. Well, yeah, I know, but I mean, like did everything caddy, for money. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna say the things that I've done for money. I'm a capitalist. I'm full at heart. I love money. Do you have and a Chatterbait account? Hmm. Do you have a Chatterbait account? Yes. Excellent. That you are an anarch anarcho capitalist at at heart. It's true. It just just look over the chatterbait. I'm not even alive. I you know, work a jackhammer on the concrete, do your thing, brother. Holla. I'm no judge. Well, there's certainly a lot of uh complimentary tweets from the main show. Yes, there are definitely. But yeah, yeah, you're right though. It is it is uh it gives me fuzzies that the family seems very happy with it. That's good. That was the idea. I'm glad we could deliver on that. Yeah, I man, mean, they they definitely t- at the end, they were like really happy like, you know, like nobody has paid any attention and I'm not I'm not belittling our, our radio group in any way, but it, you know, it's like that really stood out. It's like, I mean, who, I, civil admins got to cover this shit, you know, like somebody's got to pick this up. And I, you know, Naomi Klein, somebody with balls, they're journalists is called, where the fuck is fucking Glenn Morton. I mean, the issue is where it is. It's a fucking war zone. And You've got you've got Assad Syrians within striking distance. You've got ISIL. You've got the Turkish military. You've got the PKK. You've got the Kurds that are you know in Iraq and Syria. There's just it's so fucking dangerous. I th- so, I really and I think I think you're 100 percent right, but I think the crux of it is Turkey. I think Turkey. Is unpredictable. I think that 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 Western governments are are scared or 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 wary of Erdogan. I mean, we've never seen um, 
sort of a, a crackdown, a tyrannical crackdown, like Erdogan has been on in the last five years in any NATO state. You know, I mean, it's completely contradictory to sort of the NATO ethos. Um, you know, the only the only other place where more journalists are are jailed or killed is Russia. Um, you know, so it, it's definitely. Um, I think that the fact that it happened in Turkey um, also, on the, I mean, look at it geographically on the border of Syria, well, a very long border with Syria, you know, sort of in the mouth of Europe on the eastern side. Um, it's got a lot going on. Well, I mean, my position has always been that Turkey is very duplicitous. They will double deal fucking anybody. They don't care. They make a decision, they do it. Too bad, you know? That's how they roll. And I compare them to is to Israel and Pakistan. Those are the only other two double dealers that I can think of in the same class. Yeah. You know? And 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 Turkey actually has a a, a much more sort of nuanced cosmopolitan uh history to its duplicity. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, they were, you know, they were the apex of the, of sort of the modern civilized world for a long time. Constantinople was no joke. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that happened, uh, whatever. I mean, that's, it's just a story now. It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, Turkey is a very... Guys, 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 I found an interesting revelation. Now, this was said by Nick Mack. I'm gay. More than schmoop. Well, actually, I am more than schmoop. Thank you, Dallas, for that update. Yes. Oh, yeah, I just got a Skype message, too. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. He is consistent. Good job, Nick. Uh, fuck, no, I forgot what we were talking about. Is he going <laughs> to find my host, my Skype? God damn I don't think it. you have a Skype. If you if you ever did, I would have uh, I would have already gotten it. Okay. Do you know what my opsec is? I no. literally have I have like at least 140 of every account available on the web. I'm talking about from like porn to, to like Christian to Jewish to to everything, every sort of forum. You could belong to I belong to it. I don't have time for that. I get drunk, you drunk, you silly old filler. Blah, 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 blah. God damn it. I don't even know what the fuck to say. No, I just I just don't have time for that, man. No way. I mean, I'm being facetious, but wouldn't that be the only obstacle? Like, disinformation, right? Where, you know, there's just too much. It's like schizophrenia trying to follow a schizophrenic. Well, it's blind leading the blind, but, you know, I mean, I understand a lot of what WVU is talking about, about root cause and, you know, this and that, but it's a lot easier said than done. And, I mean, he's been around resources for quite a while now, so, you know, that helps. It's hard to think ahead of the game when you're fucking treading water. 
it's a but good I mean, it's a good objective, is, but it doesn't mean you can fucking do it. But all this stuff is basically what we're talking about. It's like it's Robert Bernays, right? It's like the uh, the birth yeah. of uh, the consumerist uh, uh, Madison Avenue culture. Yep. Uh, I mean that's psyops. That's social engineering. Well, I mean, you know, I should have come up with this earlier, but he's he's making an issue of me saying that you know there is no real culture in the United States. Well, another reason I say that is because how many things from the beginning of the U.S. still mean the same thing today? No, nothing. That's what I mean with no culture. There's no independence. There's no freedom, not whatsoever. There's there's pretty much nothing that is actually a resemblance of freedom. So then, in, by that logic, the United States has completely changed from when it was founded. So how can it have a culture? I have it's no old, idea. It, and it's always changes. Died off. He got he got smacked. What the fuck is with this man? Goddamn. So who's left? Me and you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Lovely. Lovely. Excellent. So then, so then nobody else is listening then if nobody's called in. No. Okay. Well, then you can kill the show if you want. Okay. Well, man, I I will say for my own final thoughts, it was an amazing show. It was really, really awesome. Uh, this show at this very moment was just everywhere, and I kind of liked it. You know, I really liked the random shit, but also getting to some other stuff. I mean, you have some very, uh, very good points for the most part, and I really do like it. So good job on you. All right. Well, thanks, man. It's uh, It's been a long night. I think, uh, let me see now, it's been almost six hours since I first logged on for Internet Radio. <laughs> My God. That's You've been enough. working hard. That's enough. <laughs> All right, All right man. man. Good show, man. All right, brother. Thanks. Okay. Good night. Peace.